0: Hoopsville back on the air after a couple of weeks, and, uh, well, we're, we're raring to go. Uh, we apologize for not getting a show on the air right before Christmas, as we planned. Pure exhaustion, folks. Pure exhaustion. Uh, but it was good. Lots to talk about then, but even more to talk about now. I'm your host, Dave McHugh. Hope you uh, will enjoy the show. We're coming to you from the WBCA, NABC, Studios. Of course, presented by D3Hoops.com. If you've got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. Join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Hoopsville, where we are streaming the show live as we speak. Of course, if you're watching the show on demand, we appreciate you taking the time to do that as well, as we hope uh, it is uh, just as enjoyable on demand via podcast or live, however you choose to watch our show. In the coming shows, we'll be adding a few bells and whistles. We're going to dress up the studio a little bit more, plenty more to do, and so on and so forth. I should point out, I did not get my blog out. It is written. It is done for the top 25 this week. I just didn't get it posted. So sometime during this show, we will get that published as well. Went with a a little bit of a different angle this time, um, primarily because... um, uh, I wanted to get it out the door and then and then never got it out the door. So there's a lot to talk about, and we certainly know that uh, from what has transpired, as it were. Um, it's it's a matter of wondering uh, who's going to win at any given time. In the men's basketball especially, I remember sitting <laughs> at the South Point Arena in Las Vegas wondering who was not going to lose to some degree and who and what my top twenty five ballot was gonna look like when it got to me uh... of the top twenty five ballot when i got it um, let's see i didn't actually count up how many losses there were uh... And I, sixteen losses rivals the opening of the season. (laughs) But 16 losses in my top 25 going into this week's vote. Um, I guess not too surprising. As we've said before, more and more programs are playing better and better competition, and so we're seeing um, these kinds of results. More teams are willing to go out there and challenge themselves, so thus we're seeing these kinds of results. So to some degree, I guess we shouldn't be all that surprised by it. But at the same time, it is a little startling, some of those results, to be sure. Um, Middlebury, we kind of hinted at it, had a long break. We're going to take on York. York beat them. Maybe that's more about York than it is about Middlebury. Of course, York won back-to-back top 25 games, uh, or not really back-to-back. They beat Swarthmore. Before the break, then beat Dickinson, and then beat Middlebury. Oshkosh lost to Rippon. WashU lost to Augustana. That one's certainly not a huge surprise, as Augustana, is, at least was, in my book, was ranked higher. Ramapo went to the D3Hoops.com Classic, and for the first time in seven trips, came out 0-2. The loss to Ohio Wesleyan, okay. You know, so be it. It's a top-15 battle. Not the end of the world. Ohio Wesleyan shot the lights out of the building. But it was the Central game that they lost that I think was the biggest shocker. They were up by nearly 20 points in the, in the first half. Central was stone cold, started 0 for 16. And then they got hot. And Central sh- hit five of their next six shots. And I stayed on air. Ramapo better buckle up. They're showboating a little bit. They're starting to lose focus. Central's going to come back on them. And lo and behold, it was a battle in the second half that Ramapo could not win. And Central beat them. So it was surprising that they couldn't handle the business. when they, and, and what it did is it reminded me of what we sometimes see in the first week of the NCAA tournament. Ramapo runs into somebody who's not necessarily better than them, and they shoot themselves in the foot. And I think that's what we saw with the Central game. I'm hoping they can take that game and use it moving forward. Williams lost to Hamlin. Uh, Ohio Wesleyan beat Ramapo, as we mentioned, then lost to Whitworth. We'll talk plenty more about that down the road. New Jersey City lost to Johns Hopkins. Johns Hopkins certainly better than people realize, but also New Jersey City playing a little bit of fire there. Wesleyan lost their first game of the season to Springfield, as did New Jersey City, as I previously mentioned. Skidmore lost back-to-back games on either side of the holidays. We'll talk to their head coach, Joe Burke, coming up on the show. But it was really odd to see that. Um I, I especially Guilford. Guilford isn't as good as we thought they were at the beginning of the season. If they were as good as everyone thought they were, maybe that's an expected loss, but it wasn't. Um, Wartburg had a pretty good trip, one-on-one one out to the Vegas Classic. Uh, I liked what they did, beat Stevens Point. Lost to Augsburg, but I think Augsburg is sneaky good that people don't, don't truly appreciate. St. Norbert, I think, missed an opportunity. They lost to Whitewater, basically their last non-conference opponent. A win there would have really done wonders for them when it comes to their resume in late February and March. I don't mean they won't make the tournament. I think they're going to win the conference, but I don't think they have an at-large chance now in place because they have two, two losses out of conference that are that are big losses. They went 2-1, and won, that's great, but I think they needed that win. We'll see. We'll talk about it in late February, or in mid-February. John Carroll, they're putting up a ton of points, and they're giving up a ton of points. They're playing by fire. I'm fine with the amount of points they're putting up. I'm wondering if the Blue Streaks need to buckle down on defense a little bit. They allowed more than 100 points, and Hope beat them. And Hope's not as good as as previous years. Marietta lost to Wittenberg. I dropped Marietta to my top 25 at 8-3. and three. I just don't think Marietta has the firepower right now or the team ability to play with the top teams. They're good. They're not great. Hanover lost... Uh, to Marietta? I had it down as Marietta. That's, that's the wrong team. So it was an interesting one. Eastern Connecticut lost to Gabrini. That was in my top 25. But you, then you come f- forward to this week's top 25, and already chaos. The poll comes out Tuesday, and Augustana has lost to Illinois Wesleyan by 19. River Falls lost to Stevens Point last night by 15. Middlebury lost to Swarthmore. That's two teams now that they've lost. Uh, They lost to Swarthmore. It got close to within 10 and then became a 16-point game. Lycoming lost last night by 10 to Lebanon Valley. Oshkosh lost to number 5 Whitewater, 83-57. The thing was, it wasn't close. I think that surprised a lot of people. And then you go down and New Jersey City lost yet again, this time the Montclair State. That's not good for New Jersey City. And on, the, on in the receiving votes category, Hanover lost again to rose Holman. Amherst lost again to Eastern Connecticut. Nebraska-Wesleyan took its first loss of the season to Brina Vista by 16. Bethel lost to St. Olaf by one. And Westminster lost to Thomas Moore. So that's just getting out of the gate to start this year. Craziness, to say the least. Tons of, of, of upsets and, and losses. On the women's side of things, Number one, Tufts lost during the holiday break. That caught everybody by surprise, especially when it was unranked Albright. Albright's a good team, don't get me wrong, but that was a surprise that Tufts took that loss. So that resulted in a new number one team, and it's Amherst. They'll have their first test since Vegas. Uh, Well, actually, that's not true. They played two games out in California. They did did well, in, but they will have their first test since their trip to the West Coast against Trinity coming up this weekend, and then they'll play Lehman in non-conference Uh, action. Oshkosh, though, got uh, finished off the sweep. Whitewater beat them, 54-52, so the number three team in the country took their first loss. Hope beat Trine, but Trine has now lost two in a row, both to teams in the top five. They lost to number three at the time, Amherst, in a heck of a game at the Vegas Classic. And then they lost to Hope, uh, who's number five and undefeated right now, 57-46. That is not a knock on Trine. Trine is a very good team, and clearly defensively controls teams just as Amherst does, which is why we only saw a total of 36 points out of Trine in their game against Amherst. But they've lost two in a row, and that's going to sting a little bit. But they're still 11-2. Otherwise, the rest of the top 25 on the women's side did okay. Randolph-Macon, though, lost to Shenandoah. Rochester Tech lost to Rochester. I guess not a big surprise there. And Bluffton lost to Transylvania. Those were, the, those were receiving votes. Um, very quickly, looking at before the break... Bear with me, here it is. Oh, uh, is that it? Yeah, there it is. Uh, before the vote, I should say we mentioned Tufts lost to Albright, Christopher Newport lost to Thomas Moore. I don't remember if we talked about that on the previous show eighty six fifty three 53 I don't think we did actually. I mentioned the loss for trying to to Amherst. Whitewater had lost to Wartburg. No huge surprise there. That's what leapfrog Wartburg in a number two. Gustavus Adolphus lost to whitewater which which we saw their effect. And Marymount lost to Catholic. Washington Jefferson had also lost. Bluffton had lost. Chapman Astry lost four games. Lost to UC Irvine, Hiram, Amherst, uh, and beat George Fox and Benedictine and, and Caltech. So they played eight games and lost half of them uh, over the holiday break. A craziness for Chapman, to say the least. Of course, they were receiving votes before the tournament. Um, So a lot going on, to say the least, in in men's and women's basketball, and we'll do our best to cover it. A reminder on tonight's show, a little bit different. We we now get into our regional coverage. That way we cover all the regions as best we can. So on Thursday nights, we cover the East, the Mid-Atlantic, the Great Lakes, and the West regions primarily. Sometimes we slide a South region coach in as well. On Sundays, we will cover the Northeast, the Atlantic, the South primarily, unless we have a travel issue. That's where the Thursday show comes into play, and the central regions. So tonight, you will hear from the East, the Mid-Atlantic, the Great Lakes, and the West. One of the other big stories that came out, of course, right before the break was the death of another student-athlete a year after Geneseo and Lancaster Bible lost student-athletes themselves to car accidents for the holidays. And and our heart goes out to the uh, Muskegon uh, family, though another amazing story there. We hope we can tell it down the road. One of their players has stepped up and and played lights out since then. But young gentleman died the day after he scored a thousand points, which is just heartbreaking to say the least. Let me see if I can double check my my stories, as it were. But one of those where you the last thing you want to be reporting on is another death of a student athlete. But the Muskingum family certainly. Um, Doing their best. Gerald Marsh or Jarrell Marsh died when his car went off the road and into the medium and flipping over. Unfortunate for him to say the least. Um, and, and again, had just scored his 1,000th point. So our heart goes out to, to him and his team and his family, of course. Um, on the other side of it, we almost had a major accident the other night, with, or, or right before the New Year with the uh, Dubuque women's basketball team. If you did not hear this story, it's incredible. Dubuque women's basketball team heading back from a tournament in Nashville. They've been on the road short period of time on the interstate. Their bus driver apparently becomes incapacitated with some kind of a medical emergency. The bus starts to go off the road and their assistant head coach figured out what was going on and came to the rescue, saving the team for lack of a better description. Uh, it certainly would do better to hear it by him, and earlier today we got a chance to talk to Justin Smith, who joined us on, uh, on, on air, to talk about what happened, how it led up to this, and of course, well, the terminology of calling him a hero. Here's what he had to say to me earlier today in an interview we conducted. Now joining us on the Hoopsville Hotline, it is the assistant coach for the Dubuque Women's Program, Justin Smith. Uh, We could call him a hero, but I know he'll digress, but we'll get into that more. Justin, thanks for taking the time.
1: Hey, thanks, Dave. Appreciate it.
0: Um, So if anybody's read the stories, we know that the team was on its way back from Nashville and that the bus driver basically had an incident, um, and you woke up to find the bus basically heading off the road. But that's a simple version. How about we back up a step? Tell us kind of uh, what happened from your point of view.
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, we were just heading back from uh, competing in the uh, uh, Music City Classic in Nashville, and had played two nice games and had some fun with the team down there. And um, we took off about seven forty-five in the morning uh, this last Sunday, and a couple hours into the drive, the, the driver had a medical issue at um, uh, kind of made him pass out and. Uh, we uh, hit a guardrail on uh, I-24 in Kentucky, going somewhere in the mid 65-70 miles an hour. And uh, when that happened, it kind of jolted me up, and I had looked down and saw the driver was unconscious and leaning against the window. Uh, that's when I jumped up as quick as I could and grabbed the wheel and got us back off uh, the guardrail and applied the brake the best I could and got the bus uh, off the off the interstate.
0: No, of course, you mentioned leaving in the morning. So this isn't one of those deals where it's it's late in the evening, like a lot of teams or you in conference are, where it's a night situation. Mm-hmm. So obviously it, this is midday, for lack of a better description. And was everybody asleep? Yeah. Did, was anybody aware of what was going on at the time? Besides, uh, as you said, you were woken by uh, it. But was anybody else aware? Yeah,
1: I mean, I'm pretty sure most most of us were asleep. Uh, I the, the players make fun of me because I'm a podcast guy. <laughs> so I happened to be listening to a podcast, and uh, and that was kind of keeping me up. I think I couldn't get comfortable, so I was kind of in and out. And I think everyone else was pretty much asleep. I think maybe our volunteer coach, who was a row behind me, he said I think he was maybe reading a book. But I think most of the kids and and the rest of the staff was pretty much pretty 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 uh, unconscious, there sleeping.
0: And of course, you're heading down the interstate. We all know that's going at a pretty good rate of speed. And and you said you mm. hit your head. What did you see from the driver that kind of besides the Besides hitting the guardrail, what kind of alerted you? You said he was, looked like he was slumped over. Did, did, was, was it an instant thing that you knew was something wrong, or did it take you a moment?
1: It, you know, it, it was, I think it was pretty immediate because uh, the time from hitting the guardrail to me getting on my seat, seat couldn't have been too long just for the fact that we were able to kind of get off and get parked pretty quickly without major incident, which is uh, miraculous or amazing in itself. Um, i yeah when i saw him i could see his face and i knew he was he was not not alert not not conscious
0: i've been on my fair share of buses as a student athlete i also traveled for a year between high school and college on buses so i certainly know what it's like to be on them and, and where you're situated how far back were you from the driver
1: and, and, uh, and that's probably the most important part and made it uh, easy was i was in the front right seat so i could see down wow. into the you know, those charter buses, the driver sits kind of down in the well a little bit. Yep. I could see him perfectly, which no one else on the bus probably could.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, so it's one of those buses where he was down a bit. He wasn't even with everybody, so really no one could see mm-hmm. anything's wrong until something goes wrong.
1: Yeah, exactly, yeah. Wow.
0: So it goes off the guardrail. Where? How did you get it to a stop? Did, were you able to get him out of the seat somehow or somebody else get him out of the seat? Um, how did you get in position l- l- to not l- only steer but put your yeah. foot on the brake?
1: Yeah, yeah, It's kind of that's that's crazy also. Uh, the way he kind of passed out or uh, lost he was he kind of uh, went to his – instead of going on top of the steering wheel, he went to his left, which uh, gave me a little bit of space to slide in. Um, and actually, so he was still sitting in his seat, and okay. I was just kind of over top him a little bit with my hands on the wheel. And then um, lucky enough, he took his foot off. Uh, he had on cruise control, I believe, so his feet weren't really on the pedals. Okay. So I was able to slide in there and get into the brake. So it really hmm. – was the best-case scenario, really, for, for the situation.
0: How many times did you guys bounce off the guardrail?
1: Uh, I want to – it happened so fast. I, I think whatever I tell you might not be quite accurate, but sure. I know for sure twice.
2: Wow. I know
1: for sure twice. Um, and if – uh, once the bus got stopped, I and we assessed – it was, it was kind of a cool, like, in a, in a way of uh, – for coaching, uh, the, our coach step got together, and we're looking about, okay, what's next. Um, and so – we assessed the situation about safety, and we got the kids to the front of the bus. Um, and about that time, our bus driver did come out of it, um, very unaware of the situation, mm. uh, very unaware that what would have just happened. Um, and we were able to kind of fill him, and he was still really out of it. Um, we got the, the bus and parked, but our back tail end was still in the passing lane of the interstate. Oh, wow. And um, So at that point, so that point, I decided, you know what, we need to make sure no one hits us for that. for. Those people's safety and our safety. So I opened the bus door and I just kind of looked out the window or at the door, and then no, and there was a gap in traffic, and I sprinted back about 100 yards past the bus um, and just looked like a crazy man, probably directing traffic out of the passing lane back into the right lane to make sure no one clipped the tail on those bus.
3: Okay, so, so you guys until, were on the left side uh, of the sheriff's
1: department.
0: You were on the left side of the. Yes. Yes. I thought I saw a picture where you were on the right. Did someone eventually get you guys over to the right?
1: No, we were, okay. we were
0: on the left left side uh, the entire time. Oh, okay. Man, I just maybe saw the picture from a different angle that confused me. That mm-hmm. is just amazing. I mean, again, I traveled on buses as a student-athlete, and, and even after that as, as part of teams and sports information staffs, and I traveled for a year. I, I know what these buses are like, and I can't imagine what that experience is like. Do you, had, do you ever, before this, ever have that, oh, I wonder what would happen thought, or is it now yeah. permanently in your head? <laughs>
1: Definitely permanent now, but the fun, funny part about being a high school coach for 12 years and being on a lot of yellow buses is I've had a couple situations um, in, in my high school career where uh, you know a bus driver maybe kind of started doze off a little bit, and actually it was one that happened two years ago, and that I think that was kind of in maybe kind of in my brain still. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, lucky enough in that situation, the person woke up when they hit the rumble strips with the side of the road and, yeah. and got us back on with no incident at all. Um, but I think maybe that was kind of in the back of my, my mind also in that situation. So I'm definitely, definitely going to be a, a very alert in, in the future uh, bus rides.
0: We, we hear these stories all the time, Justin. It's not that long ago that the center baseball team and the famous story in Atlanta of, of a driver change and something going wrong and, and it not yeah. ending very well. You know he hits the guardrail. Thankfully, the guardrail's there. And I know you're going to dodge this every way you can possibly can do it. But if you don't <laughs> jump to your feet, that bus doesn't necessarily end all still on four wheels, and the team isn't necessarily walking off that bus. the The, the word "heroes" being thrown around—it's probably pretty just here. Is it sunk in? Just really, what could have happened if you hadn't sprung to your feet?
1: Uh, yeah. I mean. We had, we had we still had seven hours of a drive left after it happened to kind of as a staff really kind of think about it and I I've had a few days obviously to think about it and there's a lot of different things that could have happened that would have ended a lot worse um, to to us in that bus and people around us on the road on the road that day um, in my mind it happened so fast and I, I hate to use the word lucky but I just feel lucky uh, that it happened the way it did. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as hero, you know, in my mind, I think of police officers and firefighters and sure. people serving in our military. Um, so, in my mind, obviously, I don't feel that way. I feel like I just—I was a guy on a, a bus at the right spot, at the right time, and um, the, the whole fight or flight, the fight mechanism kind of kicked in real quick.
0: I know you're in your first year as assistant for the women's program. Have you have you dared to use this as a as a pay for a raise? Maybe, maybe get it, <laughs> get a little.
1: <laughs> You know, there's, I've had—I definitely had some some phone calls, and text messages from family and um, and uh, friends about maybe getting a, a pay bump, uh, a hazard pay <laughs> bump. But uh, you know, I, I'm I'm really thankful to Coach Knoll and and the, and the University of Dubuque uh, Athletics and the university for giving me an opportunity to coach college basketball and kind of make my my professional dream come true to do this. And and um, uh, just I'm 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 happy to have another day on earth and. Do what I love to do, which is coach basketball.
0: There you go. Well, well said. You know, at least you you've got some driving experience. Maybe go get your CDL, and uh, you can yeah, just drive yeah. buses for him for the from the remainder of the season.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was another, another couple jokes I've got for people is if I got a ticket ticket for not having a CDL, and I'm lucky <laughs> <less laughs> enough. Uh, uh, they, the, the, the Trigg County sheriffs were kind enough to let me off
0: on a pass. Yeah, on this one. I had a feeling they wouldn't necessarily ding you for that. Uh, that sounds good. Hey, I know the team isn't having the best of seasons records-wise, um, but we wish the team the very best. Uh, I want to thank your administration for giving thank us you. a chance to talk to you. Uh, congratulations, and I mean that seriously, on at least you know being the right person at the right place at the right time. Uh, We appreciate you taking that time. Thank you. Uh, I know you're back on the road already recruiting, so I know it's back to business for you. In the meantime, we always end our segments with an opportunity for our guests to have the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may have tuned in?
1: Yeah, just uh, uh, thanks for all the praise and and prayers uh, uh, all over the all over the country. That kind of just has has put me in a state of uh, shock. uh, How many people reached out and and made sure that we were okay and and and, uh, commended uh, the the acts that happened on the bus and just uh, really appreciate the time uh, on the show.
0: Absolutely. Thank you for taking the time. Um, Yeah, uh, absolutely outstanding uh, effort by yourself. I'm glad the team is okay, and we look forward to talking about Dubuque somewhere down the road when it has nothing to do with a bus going into a guardrail.
1: That sounds great.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Justin. Take care.
1: Hey, thanks, Dave.
0: He is Justin Smith. He is the assistant coach for the Dubuque women's basketball team. Incredible story out of Dubuque, and, and, and so happy that team um, didn't have anything worse. I brought up the center baseball, if you remember that story. Of course, I'm now doubting myself it was center, but I'm quite sure. Um, things can go sideways, um, and we're so happy, so happy that worked out in the right way. And thanks again for Justin for coming on the show. We've got a lot to jam into the show, so we're going to get going a little bit behind already. Upcoming, here are our guests. We got to, Forgot to mention them earlier. Occidental men's basketball coach Brian Newell will join us in a few moments. Then Guy Rancourt from Lycoming, the sixth-ranked team in the comp- country, men's basketball program, will join us as well. We can ask, I can ask him why I sh- What am I missing? I'm not even voting for him. What am I missing? Uh, we'll br- debut for the first time this season the WBCA Center Court segment, talking to Matt Dempsey, head coach of the Merchant Marine women's basketball program, why Matt's a little bit distracted this basketball season with a fight against cancer, but why his team... And, and the job may be the perfect distraction. Also, why he wasn't a prototypical cancer case. Uh, Jeff Hans from, this, from the 8th-ranked Thomas Moore women's basketball team will join us. And then Joe Burke from Skidmore will join us as well. That's all ahead. Plus, we'll talk a little bit more at the end of the show about the Vegas Classic and much more. You're listening to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. More will after this. Occidental's Brian Newell when we return.
4: I did receive a non-athletic
5: scholarship upon entering uh, school.
1: I got the presidential scholarship which was
2: huge for me.
6: I think there's more opportunities for academic scholarships in Division three.
2: I did receive academic scholarships. Just being involved on campus, being a leader, all those things combined kind of get me
5: recognized. It's a great experience for me.
7: My name is Marcus Walker. I was All-State, won a state championship, a high school All-American, and played college and pro ball. I played because I love the game. I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center.
2: And
0: welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Hope you are enjoying the show. If you've got any questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville and hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com, or join us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Uh, We hope to have had a lot of more bells and whistles uh, running along, uh, but we are getting there. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. Thank you very much. A few more bells and whistles we hope to add to the show as we move along, um, and including dressing up the studio even more than we already have. You have anything you want to send us for this studio, whether it be a jerseys like some have, maybe some basketballs or any other paraphernalia you may have, send it our way. We will find a home for it. You will see this a lot more decorated in the very near future as we throw some more stuff up. That's hiding off my shoulder. I collected some things in Salem uh, while we were there right before the break. There's something you can't see. We got an awesome chair behind us too, but that's uh, a way you can do it. All right, so let's slide into our coaches. One of the teams, and uh, in, in, in the middle of this show, I will finally post my ballot from this week. One of the teams um, that is certainly getting some attention because everyone's kind of curious what's going on with them, um, though I don't know if anybody's completely sure what to expect from them, would be Occidental. Off to a good start, but at the same time, haven't played a lot of teams um, in Division Three, which always raises questions. That said, the Sky Act looks wide open this season. So I was dying to figure out what, what's going on in the Sky Act this season. 8-2 and two start, though a lot against non-conference opponents. The conference opponents, or I should say D3 opponents they played, are Cal Lutheran, uh, Whitman, and Santa Cruz. And Occidental gave what Whitman now has had two close games and nearly dethroned the number one team uh, earlier in the, uh, in the season, as it were. So what is going on with Occidental? Well... That's why we have a show. Joining us on the Hoopsville Hotline, sponsored by the City of Salem, is the head coach, Brian Newell of Occidental. Coach, thanks for taking the time, sir.
8: Glad to be here.
0: Uh, I know you've had some fires and whatnot out there in Southern Cal, but I assume you are a lot happier to be on the West Coast than the East Coast right now, or even the central part of the country.
8: Yes, the sun is shining <laughs> in Eagle Rock, California.
0: Uh, I feel horrible for you, sir. Horrible. Horrible, I say. Um, yeah, so let's talk about this squad. You're 8-2. and two. You've only played, though, three games against Division Three opponents, as we mentioned, Calou, which was an overtime thriller you won. Trust me, you had our attention when you nearly knocked off Whitman. That game was insane. And then you beat Santa Cruz uh, 11 days later. And now, obviously, you get into conference play next. But what do I make? It's hard for me to understand the West Coast to begin with in Division Three. but when you're playing non-Division Three teams, I'm even more confused. So yeah, tell me what's on going it. on.
8: Skyac is wide open. Uh, we're usually hosting. We're always looking for Division Three games. Yeah. Coach Bridgeland was kind enough to come down and play three of the Skyac schools. As you know, he's done a remarkable job up in Walla Walla. People tend to forget that prior to him arriving, Whitman wasn't exactly known as a basketball power. Agreed. Uh, <laughs> we, we we knew each other going back to his days at UC Santa Cruz and at Puget Sound. We're familiar with the system, had a week to prepare, and we tend to be a a little bit more athletic than some D3s, sure. and we matched up well with them. We matched up. We have two good finishers in Junior Zach Baines and Junior Austin DeWitts, who are both high-end Division Three players, in my opinion. And we played well. We caught Whitman in a situation where they had heavy travel, delayed flights. Uh, number <laughs> one in the nation, our guys think they're playing uh, the Lakers. Whitman <laughs> is looking down at the Sky X schools, which they've kind of dominated over the years. So we sure. had a good. Chance Chance we we they just wear you down. Coach Bridgeland does a wonderful job. Incredibly deep, their ball pressure is amazing. Uh, They play really 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 hard. They don't walk in the gym as you know, which happens sometimes. And it's six eight six nine, uh, huge wings, etc. They look like a Division three team, but you know they. Intensity of their play is kind of mind-boggling to me. So their run last year didn't surprise me. Their run that's coming this year uh, will happen. You know, you probably know they're missing a couple good players, but their team yeah. depth, their hunger and passion is what's so impressive to me. Uh, so that was a good game. We played as well as we could. Uh, you know, it's a little scary when you're saying we played well and we had 28 turnovers in that game. Our goal going in was 20. Uh, and they just kind of they get you. They had two runs on us, and they took off. Uh, it was a close game. It got them going, and then they got a couple more wins. Went back home. I watched their game versus a Ohio Wesleyan. Incredible D three game. Yeah. Uh, and they'll they'll get guys back. Their league's going to be a little tougher, in my opinion, this year. There are more teams that might be able to knock them off. Uh, but fun fun for us to play. And in the Sky Act, uh, good for you to uh, question what's going on. Uh, anyone can <laughs> beat you. anyone. You know, the best team in our league is hands down Claremont. They went on Are the they? road. Yep, yep, they will be. People don't. They were missing Michael Scarlett, yeah. All West Region. They went back and took two losses, but it, they're getting healthy now. And, and okay. it, again, they have three guys in Scott Lins, Michael Scarlett, and their big 610 post who are rock solid. Ditto on Pomona-Pitzer, in my opinion, where their perimeter players are outstanding. They brought in some good uh, bigs, and they're starting to come around. You know, I watched the scores versus Tufts, watched the scores versus UPS. You know, you can take some losses, but they're playing they're playing quality teams. So I think I put the those two Claremont schools up near the top based on depth, defense, Veteran coaches sound basketball, and then after that, there's seven of us. fighting tooth and nail. You know, yeah. we, we had a good preseason, beat some people we should, played some tough games, but Cal Lutheran, Chapman, Whittier, Caltech, we're all Laverne, we're all we're all pretty even. Anyone can win on any given night. So it really is crazy. We're obviously not in the hunt for any at-large bids, so the goal is to get one, you know, get in the SCAC tournament, see if you can win two games, and more than likely you're headed up to play the Blues or someone, <laughs> uh, the other Whitworth. Or Texas. Yes, Or Texas, <laughs> or te- good
0: point. Granted we're, yeah. we're pretty much out of uh bi- or uh, buys now, so it's a little bit yes. more interesting. We can technically yeah. ship you anywhere, but those yeah. are where we usually have some islands. All right, so g- good recap. Obviously you you tuned in to, to me blowing my mind against Whitman and Ohio Wesleyan. Um and what a what a heck of a Division 3 game, but we, Yes. We'll, uh, I'll talk more about that. I knew you were tuned in, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I could tell by a few ways, but um y- you know, it's what's interesting to me is the comment you made near the end, the Sky X playing for an automatic bid, you're, you're not playing for at large. Is that why your schedule has of of the starting 10 had seven non-division three games? Because at some point, and I don't mean this negatively, yeah. but at some point it doesn't matter because you realize this, the, the situation you're in. So at this point, you're not trying to schedule for an at large.
8: Yeah you're you're spot on. Our our situation's a little different as you know. We've we've been good. We've won yeah, some have. games and yeah. and of, of late we haven't been in my mind we were trying to get a little bit of that swagger back and win some games. Okay. Uh we set it up rather nicely with Whitman. You could see if we would have knocked them off oh. at home then we're we're back in the picture. We're, we have a better team. We're we're fighting the fight and trying to improve but uh You got to be careful of scheduling too much. You know, you go out here and schedule six losses and go to Whitworth, Whitman, uh, go out to Wisconsin, and you know Claremont can do that because they've been winning the Skyac of late. We haven't been winning the Skyac. We've been trying to fight the fight, get back to normal. As we get better, I like to play better and better teams, and and, ideally Division Three teams. Our school's such that we travel every fourth year. So it's a little bit we're held back by budgets and things, and we're always looking for teams to come to California. And, you know, from that standpoint, we're a little bit of a dangerous team to play. It's not easy. Uh, You're not going to get an automatic win coming out and playing in the winter break. We're we're pretty good in our gym. So it's tough to get games. You know, we're isolated. We're playing more uh, Northwest schools as a whole uh, conference, but we're always looking. So we played some schools close by that were less than an hour, and then uh, but are, are always looking for D three games.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to say you're not scheduling yep. D three games. It just I, I gather from you know some pe- coaches talk to me, and I talked to one today. Yeah. I need to schedule X Y Z because I'm trying to position myself, and it just and I'm not trying to say you're giving up. Yep. Certainly not the case. Yep. But to some degree, you also just understand your situation.
8: Correct, correct, and again, if we were better, if you know right. if we were thinking second, third, then that you said it earlier that one non conference win we had one a while back over Amherst, we had right. one over Williams, that lets our skyak people when they're our rep, and we you know we're usually yep. getting bashed. They have a fight to fight. Yeah. Uh, so you get one premier out of league win, you do well, and you finish, you know, 13 and 3, 12 and 4. You do have a, you have a chance. Usually, you know, we, when we've done it, we played Claremont one year, we played Pomona one year, and that's easy travel, no travel. Uh, so you have a chance. And, you know, right now, the way the, the preseason was, no one's going, you know, this is a one bid league for sure this season.
0: Let's look at the conference before we jump into your team because we're talking a little bit about it. You know, Claremont Mud Scripps off to a four and seven start, two and one in conference play. We talked about, you, you mentioned Scarlett was out. It certainly surprised us. We were, yeah. you know, we put him in as a, as a preseason um, All America as a player to watch basically in Division three. They came out to a rougher start. And after that, I really, you know, Chapman's nine and three. You're eight and two. I, I, I'm having trouble yeah. figuring out what to make of what yeah. I thought was going to be the CMS run. Yeah. You still say it's CMS. What, what is this conference kind of line You know,
8: I, I, I like CMS based on some history. You know, their win over Whitworth last year on the road was yeah. big for our conference. Shoot. The way they played Whitman, they have most everyone back. Morris, their 6'10 post, is coming into his own. Lindsays is back. Healthy is a high-end point guard. Sky, uh, Scarlett's a player of the year. And then they, they, they have great depth size. Mm-hmm. Coach Scalmani is one of the best defenses coaches in the nation. He's been there, they've done that, you know, their new gym is beautiful. Yeah, is. They're a prime time location to host uh, a group sometime, probably not this year, but they're just solid. And I kind of think the same way about Coach Katz and Pomona Pitcher this year. They're three perimeter players. They're point, their two wings, uh Coke and Rosenbaum, you know, they're high end. I've seen a lot of division three basketball. Those three, they are one, two threes are rock solid and they've got a great fourth guard off the bench veteran coach they play defense they're smart you know, they played a lot of tough teams. I think I'm remembering losses. They had a couple losses I wasn't expecting. You know, our, our early, get, we get into the finals period, yeah. the 14th week of the semester, and some funny things can happen <laughs> uh, just because there are a lot of all-nighters floating around. Yeah. Basketball's not high on the priority list. And, but, you know, and they also ran into some funny mis- uh, matchups. I remember watching, I think, George Fox and Puget Sound. The press for both those teams caused them a lot of problems early in the season. They tend to get better. They play strong teams that, you know, the Tufts, I think Tufts has a very good program and those scores, you know, it's a, Tufts is winning on the road. That's impressive. Not easy for an East coast team to come out and win at Claremont and Pomona on the same trip.
0: Yeah. Fair point. Uh, it's, it's, it's certainly fascinating, uh, in interesting to watch this year. I'm going to be, uh, yeah. now that I can watch it a little bit easier, thanks to, uh, to, uh, the apps I'm going to look forward to watching a little more Skyak basketball this season. Let's slide into your team. One thing that jumps out to me is you're young. You're scary young. You have one senior, you have four juniors, you have a handful of sophomores and what? Nine freshmen. Yeah. Um, this is a team, not not that I would ever say building towards a future is what your goal is, but you have that ability. You're led by three juniors in Zach Baines, Austin DeWitts and, and Jevin Sandu, uh, those previous two, both well into double figures and DeWitts is averaging a double double along with three assists a game. Um, and and you're a senior. Nothing against Ian Bode, but he's not one of the top guys. This is correct. A, this is a team really that's well positioned to do well this year, as you point out with your scheduling and moving forward.
8: Yeah, we're thinking in terms of a two year block. The goal okay. this year for us is to get in that Sky Act tournament. I think in our league, sometimes nine and seven gets you in, ten and six. Uh, no seniors. We recruited Ian Bondi. He was a fantastic receiver on our football team, <laughs> and he became available to us.
0: So a little earlier a nice, than you expected. Yes,
8: that's for sure. <laughs> he's been a night. Leave it at that. Yes, yeah, he's been a nice bonus. Uh, DeWitts is a 6'9 high jumper who won our wow. league in high jump last year. He came into his own, started as a sophomore, but he's kind of become a little bit more of a complete player. And he's playing as well as anyone in our conference kind of as a six seven wing. He's just a good D three player, excellent defender, complete game. Baines is a transfer from Middlebury
3: yeah. uh, who
8: came in at the semester last year, averaged fifteen points, fit right in, uh on and off the court, loves California, had some family uh people move this direction and kind of prompted him to make that move out okay. here became a team captain this year again working on his game and is you know he's one of the top players in the conference last year he's a little bit more of a scorer slash year slasher this year he's defending playing defense but he was a good player in the NESCAC and has become a great player uh in the Skyac.
0: You, you bring and up
8: we, we, go ahead go ahead
0: I was just gonna say you bring up Baines and Baines at least behind the scenes with our group was the talk of the last semester and even the talk of this semester because you never hear of someone transferring from the (laughs) new England to California for starters, at least not a player who's getting significant minutes. Who's then immediately going to make an impact for his other team you say that family certainly had a part of that, but is there more to that story? It's just a fascinating transfer.
8: Yeah. he had visited. We'd recruited him a little bit out of high school. He'd actually been in our campus. I'm guessing he looked at Pomona, Claremont, Oxy. We saw him at camps. He was on the mailing list, uh, I'm sure. So he was aware of us. Okay. No specific connection on our team to any of our players or anything like that. He was just looking and you know, felt really good about the coaching staff, about his basketball experience at Middlebury loves them. Uh, he just felt he was looking for a little bit different environment from a school standpoint. You <laughs> That's know? so he went a different Newcom- environment.
0: <laughs> yep. In well anyways, <laughs> so I have
8: to say he's in shorts every day, and particularly last year was a happy camper but yeah. he' never he'd not been in California much, but he does he does have lots of family in the area, so they're they're often coming okay. out to our games okay. get to see him play but he he's been a tremendous addition and just you know a great guy who's okay. a hard worker going to be a team captain this year and next year, and gives us a chance you know yeah. gives us a chance to get back in the mix
0: Oh, absolutely change the, the the landscape for you guys of course Middlebury's succeeding without him, not that that's a yes. negative It just. Yeah. It it wasn't one of those moves that hurt anybody, which was nice to see. No, I agree 100%. Uh, Yeah. Uh, A little bit, uh, let me give you one more chance, a little more about the team without interrupting you before we let you go.
8: Well, you know, I think uh, uh, in our in our league, it's just John Wooden theory about respect all opponents, fear no opponents. Uh, it's going to be up and down. We're we're just really focused on Whittier, who's coming off a very good comeback win at Cal Lutheran on the road. Extremely athletic team. Again, their record may not show, but we, you know, the sky coaches try a lot of different things in preseason, and you'll see our rotations start to shrink. You'll see us tighten up our shot selection. Teams, we all know each other inside and out, you know, so everybody knows everybody's strengths and weaknesses, and it's fun. You know, the, the great thing about our league is there's no real travel, so that's not an issue. Home court is, you know, uh, not a big deal because everyone's on break, so we're playing these early season games. And it's just basketball. We're all kind of professional players right now because there are no classes uh, for most of the schools. And we we, we just go one game at a time. You'll see a lot of very close games this year. And everyone, you know, I I love the tournament. I've been against the concept of a tournament for many years, kind of an Ivy League (laughs) purist type, just because, you know, you get penalized. But now, you know, it's incredible. The third and fourth place teams are battling. But what I really like is five, six, and seven have hope and every game matters, and in this thing, you, you can't take a night off. Everyone's pretty easy. Uh, Coach Doc at uh, Caltech has done a wonderful job elevating their program, uh, so we're all battling. We're all battling, and it's going to be a fun uh, seven weeks coming up.
0: Awesome. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Someday I will make a trip to Southern Cal to see you We'd all We'd love to have you out here. I've got to budget it right. It's just got to come together at the right time, but we will figure uh, a way to do it.
8: Understand.
0: Um, coach, thanks so much for taking the time. As always, really appreciate your point of view. Thanks for uh, also giving us a laydown, not only your team, but the Skyac as well. Uh, look forward to watching your games. But in the meantime, we always give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning in?
8: Remember the Skyac and Northwest Conference. We're out here on the West Coast. <laughs> We're isolated. We exist. Yes. Remember the names Whitworth, Whitman, etc. Occidental, Claremont, Pomona. We're out here. There is D3 basketball on the West Coast.
0: Yes, we, at least some of us know, but good sell job anyway. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Uh, take care of yourself, and we'll look forward to talking to you down the road. All right. Have a good night. Take care, Coach. Coach Newell joining us on the Salem, City of Salem Hoopsville hotline. Great chat with him. Really shows you a lot, by, by the way, to how many coaches are paying attention to what's going on outside uh, of just their area. Some don't. Some, like Coach Newell, do. Forgot to mention to him, I think a, a loved one of his was watching the show cynthia i think he did well did he not uh but thanks to coach for joining us going to take a break when we come back we'll jump back to the east coast go to northern pennsylvania uh up into the pocono mountains and uh right down the street from the little league world series we will talk to Lightcoming, another team i'm not voting for and maybe i'm missing something there's six in the country and i'm one tw- top 25 voter who's not voting for him i could be dead wrong who knows We'll talk to their head coach coming up. You'll listen to Hoopsville presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC studios. Lightcoming men's basketball up next.
3: For the love of the game, but for those of us who are Division three student-athletes, it's more than that, a lot
7: more. Sure, the game is important, but as we work so hard to build both mind and body, it's more about team.
3: That is why NCAA Division three teamed up with Special Olympics and in giving the gift of sport to those for whom it seemed an impossible dream, we are working to make this a better world.
7: Help us keep that dream alive.
3: You can make a difference.
5: This is why we love sports. It's in the way they play, free from the pressures and all the money talk. Playing for simply the love of the game, where everyone has a shot at their definition of success on and off the field. This is what we love about sports,
4: and what we can still love about college sports.
2: We've got more schools than Division I, more fans than Division II, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division III basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.D3Hoops.com.
0: And welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Hope you're enjoying the show. If you've got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. Join us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. We're simulcasting the show. We know we have some interaction there on Facebook. You can also interact with us on that YouTube page if you happen to be watching us on that page. Uh, Lots of ways to do it. That's how you interact, ask us questions, et cetera, et cetera. So we're jumping back to Uh, in, in in the Mac Commonwealth. 6-0, Six and zero, oh, or number six in the country, thirteen and one, suffering their first loss last night to a, a very tough on the road squad in Lebanon Valley. Um, but they've got again thirteen wins before that, twelve of them in Division Three as they did play Penn State Wilkes Barre, uh, Bill Barry at the beginning. They will then host Stevenson coming up this weekend, and obviously into the thick of the MAC Commonwealth. Honestly, I don't know what to make of Lie There's a few things I. I've got in my head, and there's others that aren't adding up. So the best way I learn about teams sometimes, besides watching them, is having them on the show. So joining us on the City of Salem, Hoopsville Hotline, the head coach of the Warriors, it is Guy Rancourt. Coach, thanks so much for taking the time, sir.
5: Dave, thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Oh, thanks for uh, for uh, humoring me, as it were, because I am not voting for you. Uh, you are <laughs> sixth in the country, and to be honest, I don't think I've been that off of a team. And I mean in the sense that I'm not voting for a team that's that highly ranked. Um, I, I look at your schedule. Yes, you're off to a great start. Unfortunately, there's some wins in there against teams that are usually a little bit better than than they have presented themselves this season. Your win-loss percentage is in the low four. Uh, your opponents is low, low 40s. So I get stuck here wondering, okay, of course they should be this record versus how good are they really? And I've had some of your uh, defenders email me with very good arguments, nothing, nothing derogatory, but it just leaves me in the middle. So I ask you, what is it about this team that allowed you to get out to this 13-0 and start, and what do you think it is about this team that can then move forward?
5: Yeah, you know, I, I think it comes down to upperclassmen for us. Okay. Uh, we're one of the rare teams, not only in Division Three but you know in the country. And uh, we play close to eleven players, double-digit minutes, yeah. and it, it insulates us. It helps us quite a bit. And last night, for example, um, uh, by the end of the game, uh, we have five players with injuries and one that was sitting out. So um, you know we were able to still <clears throat> f- fight to the end, but you know those injuries cost us. Now, fortunately yeah. for us, those injuries were minor, so they, they'll be back, and we should be close to full strength for Saturday, but, uh, the upperclassmen, you know, having leaders like Chris Wallace from uh, a tremendous program at Calvert Hall in Baltimore and,
3: yeah, and uh,
5: Alex, Alex Newbold from that, that little program called DeMatha high school, you know, <laughs> yeah, this, not
3: too bad. There, um, Coach.
5: yeah. So, well, since Alex and Chris have arrived, we've won the regular season championship. Then we lost in the playoffs. Then we won the league and went to the NCAA tournament. And last year we won the league and we went to the second round of the NCAA tournament. And here are Chris and Alex as seniors. And so when people are looking at maybe or why or should I vote for for that Lycoming team, uh, I think our depth speaks for itself. Uh, I think the leadership of our seniors with Chris, Chris Wallace and Alex Newbold taking us to first place and championships, only finishing in first every year they've been with us, I think it's a strong argument, and if if you look at if you look at the not only the records of who we've played, but if you uh, you need to really throw out the final scores of what we've played. Many times, you know, I, I really try and, and, and feel as if, uh, have everyone feel as if they're involved. So we take the foot off the gas pedal. We're not interested in winning by thirty and forty and fifty points. But we want to make sure we're we're building towards the in the right direction for the end of the season.
0: Yeah, I mean, you put up 101 against Medgar Evers and 180 against Suni Onianta, but then you put up 55 in a 55-36 win over Messiah. You talk about polar opposites, as it were, and I realize Messiah is one of those grinded-out defenses and we're pretty used to from them. But, you know, again, you then come into last night's game against Lebanon Valley, and you mentioned injuries, and that's the time of year where illnesses always creep their ugly head. Is that a game where probably a better than playing Lebanon or should be better than they are playing Lebanon Valley had the right mix against just the right timing with you guys in the sense of how banged up you were.
5: Um, I think it's a, a little of, of a, a few things. I think okay. one, Brad McAllister is arguably the best coach in the conference.
3: Yeah, I think he true. does a
5: wonderful job in Lebanon Valley. And that's why for years they've, they're consistently right in the mix. And, um, when you have Andy Orr, who was an All-American last season and continuing with it, averaging a double-double this year, and Sam Light who was able to get 27 points on us last year. He certainly shot well from three. Um, that's going to happen. Even last year with the good season and good record we had, the games we lost, teams hit multiple threes, upwards of almost 20 threes against us. and uh, You're just going to have those games periodically. So you know, as long as it's a learning experience and we continue with who we are, as long as we don't fray, uh, I think I'm going to be very happy, and we're going to be happy with where we are at the end of the year. And I, I think I think one of the, eventually one of these weeks, Dave, we're going to force you to vote for us.
0: Oh, well, no, and that's expected, and that should happen. Uh, I always – I and I didn't – I have it in the blog, and it'll get posted here shortly. I said, listen, this is that point of the season also with teams like yourself, that at some point in time the wins just outweigh – what I'm thinking, if you continue to win, and yes, one loss is going to happen, I don't expect anybody to go undefeated this season, uh, including the number one team in the country. If, if, if you continue to win, who cares what el- everything else says because at some point you're still winning with a bigger and bigger target on your back. Um, the conference is, is one of those interesting ones. I've always said, or at least I have in the last couple of years, the MAC Commonwealth may be the deepest and most difficult battle on on every conference night, because the talent from the top to the bottom is the most compact. It doesn't mean the top is better than most other conferences, but the battle in the conference is certainly the most difficult. I have this feeling yeah. you're going to have to really get through this conference almost unscathed, to some degree. Like you have last year, you did relatively well to secure that number one spot if you want to host and control things through Williamsburg.
5: Yeah, well, it's just a side note, Williamsport. Boy, I uh, that's OK. But how about uh, if you have I, I'm sorry, I, I was with the team earlier, so I might have missed it at the beginning of the show. But what was last night, like Black oh. Wednesday for the top 10? <laughs> for the, about the sixth <laughs> or seventh
0: time this year. Yeah. Insane. Absolutely oh, insane. Oh, my
5: goodness. But um, yeah, you know what? I mean, Albright, I think, is doing a terrific job. You know, they're right on the cusp of the top 25. They're physical. They're yeah. talented. They're deep, you know, and, and Widener, Widener. Widener's leading scorer from last year didn't play until only three games ago, and their second-leading scorer didn't play for the first eight games of this year. So, you know, they had a great win against, uh, I think it was Catholic last night. You know, But if you look at what our conference has done in the non-conference, we were able to sweep our non-conference. You know, Albright, uh, very close to it. You know, Widener is now getting great wins. And I think if you look across the board, I think, you know, some of our teams have done very, very well, and I'm hoping that helps us down the stretch. Now, as far as going unscathed in our conference, boy, that, that's certainly a yeah. mouthful. And yeah. and I, I, I definitely understand what you're saying as far as you know trying to get that one seed and trying to host. And um, I'm happy that that we're in the discussion and 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 that we've gotten ourselves to this point where we've earned this. And I think the seniors have put us in this position. Um, yeah. Yeah, you're right, though. We've got to go one game at a time, and Stevenson is extremely talented with arguably the best guard I've seen in Division three in a long, long time. Um, we just have to continue winning day after day.
0: Uh, yeah, That comment will get me over to the Mustangs uh, gymnasium in a moment to see. I mean, I, I just got done from Vegas where you know Ohio Wesleyan has one of the best guards, but if you're saying he's is good, I'm heading over to Stevenson sometime soon. Listen, this conference four or five years ago, was had messiah had stevenson you guys were in the fray um um not albright uh our uh, alvernia was certainly making hay and and the top of the conference was really good i'm looking at things now you got albright 11 and one as you said knocking on the door at the top 25 you guys are in the top 10 left at 10 and 4 stevenson's at 10 and 4 and we can dive into those and, and talk about how strong they are but is the top gotten better to the point that maybe we're this conference is returning to that national conversation again.
5: Yeah, you know what? I, I don't. I don't like saying that that the, these three or four teams are stronger, it, but it, in I reality, I yeah. think this year, I think there are some some of the some of the uh, upper teams right now that are that are just just a little bit more powerful than they've been in the past, and I, I really do think this could be a year where and it's been. I think we were the last team, maybe seven years ago, that got the you know an at-large bid. Yeah, I, I think yep. we could be a two a two bid team a two bid conference this year.
0: It could, well. It's been a while. I know we had a battle over it a couple of years ago when Stevenson got left out, um, and it, <clears throat> it came down to some other things. But I'll be fascinated to see. Let's slide into your team though. You mentioned Chris Wallace and Alex Newbold, uh, two Baltimore guys or DC Baltimore guys uh, leading the way, double figures. They're your two seniors. They're your only two seniors. Uh, then you have T.J. Duckett and Darius James and Ramon, uh, Ramadan Jennings, uh, all with seven plus points a game. Do you have a feeling that you, the how quality these two seniors have been, and how special the last three plus years have now been, that this is a year you got to take advantage of to some degree?
6: Um,
5: because of the winning that's happened since those two seniors have arrived, there is some sense of that. But when you look deeper into it. When we when made that run to you know that, that game in which we came up short against Middle Bear to go to the Sweet 16, it was Darius James that led us in scoring. And you know, um, you know T.J. Duckett yeah. is, is, has been the top three-point shooter in the conference up until I think last night's game. Uh, we continue to have uh, a, a solid core and those sophomores with good progress from Christ the King High School and and, and Fork Union Military Academy, things like that. I think, I think we're going to be able to sustain and maintain who we are um, but there's no question for, for all the seniors have accomplished, um, I, I would like to you know to finish out that final year for him the same way they, they finished the last three. Uh,
0: you've talked a little bit about him, but a little bit more about why Wallace and Newbold have been so special.
5: Boy, uh, well, this could sum it up for you. Chris Wallace was, I believe, 43% from the foul line as a freshman. Ouch. Right, yeah, right now he is 90% and <laughs> second in the conference in free throw shooting, can and, he go teach some uh, people
0: I've been watching all season long?
5: <laughs> it's been pretty well, bad. You know, yeah, yeah, to say the least. And Alex Newbold wasn't far behind that. And Alex is someone I, I don't have to be worried about at the end of the game anymore, as far as making free throws and just finishing. He's oh. he's right around seventy percent, and he was in the thirty to forty percentile as well. So just a work ethic that every coach looks for, you know, where, where you don't have to watch them every day and wonder what they're doing. They're getting in the gym on their own and they're just leading by example. And it's just made my job so much easier. And uh, Alex was able to go over to Europe this past summer with, with the hall of fame coach, Larry Brown and, and play with some pros over there. And he's really, he's really taken that and grabbed onto it. And the year before that, Uh, Chris went to Italy and played against the Chinese national team and the Angolan national team and the Nigerian national team, and I I think they've just grown in their confidence, and and I think that's starting to show through.
0: That's pretty amazing. Um, You know, and I appreciate you coming on and, and talking about them because it's hard. I used to see you a little bit more than I do now. Not everybody can get the Williams sport every day um to see games well, there's no snow here dave which is pretty amazing <laughs> to be honest with you uh considering you've been surrounded by snow um from every other way but uh i appreciate you taking the time to to talk about your squad I, I look forward to seeing what happens and i'm really looking forward to the mac commonwealth race this year the mid-atlantic region also feels like it's ripe for the taking it's competitive but you you've got a chance at the top it's all about positioning yourself right
5: absolutely it's game after game. You just try and survive. We'll, we'll try and survive on Saturday, and the best part is if you can find a way to win, you just check the scoreboard because usually in our conference, someone has knocked somebody off. And yeah. Yeah, Every game, you just try and live game by game.
0: Hey, uh, I got a random question. They were wondering, how old are your twins now?
5: My twins? No, I have – well, they look like twins. Yeah, that's uh, what it was, Yeah. <laughs> Uh Charlie is 8, uh Kevin is 6 and Emma is 4. Thank okay. you for asking. I yeah, they're right in my
0: it. range then. That's right. <laughs> I, I remember now previous conversations you and I talking about our kids kind of being in the same section of the of yep, the uh, yep. of the cr- drive daddy crazy ages. Is what it was. <laughs> uh well coach, thanks for taking the time. Uh I really appreciate it. Uh don't worry I'll vote for you as long as you guys don't just somehow turn around and, and Commonwealth eats you up. <laughs> um, but I appreciate <laughs> well, coming I love on. What you do, thank you. Because I, I get I get a chance sometimes to understand the team better when I get the chance to talk to the coach. So uh, I appreciate you taking the time. As always, you give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning in?
5: Uh, I'm just looking forward to this second half stretch, and you know every every team in the country feels that their their conference is a quote unquote bear and. It is because uh, those coaches know those other coaches, yeah. and the players know the other other players, and you have to find ways to win. And um, this is this is truly when you can define who you are as a team and who you are as a program. And um, I think you're right, Dave. I think it makes it easier for you in, in really weeding out who the the real ones are and and who the who the fake ones are. And. Uh, I'm hoping you and I can can have another conversation closer to the end of the
0: season. Yeah, you know how this works. Uh, Absolutely. <laughs> the second round comes near the end of the season if you're still with, in the conversation. So I do look forward <laughs> to that as well. And maybe if I, if I have a free schedule, I'll see you when you come through town. Though the way you recruit, Coach, you ought to be calling me more often. I didn't realize how much you're down in this neck of the woods.
5: Um, <laughs> so
0: give me a call next time you're recruiting. <laughs> Will do. Awesome, Coach. Take care, and we'll talk to you soon.
5: Thanks, Dave. Absolutely.
0: Bye-bye. Guy Rancourt joining us here on the City of Salem Hoopsville hotline. Uh, Appreciate him taking the time. Fascinating insight on a squad I haven't had a chance to really appreciate apparently. I'm not voting for him. I freely admit that stuff. You can see my ballot on almost a weekly basis. Um, Maybe there's a change of plans in the future we'll see how they continue moving forward uh they got stevenson coming up to them um, coming up this weekend that'll be a good game to watch the mac commonwealth as well uh the commonwealth is always fun to watch plain and simple uh i the football guys may disagree with me saying this but i think it's fun to watch on the football side too so um we'll see how things go and women's side is fascinating to watch as well in women's basketball take another break when we come back we'll uh, debut the wbca center court segment for the first time this year uh talk to a Coach who's got more on his mind than just coaching, but things are going well and his team is supporting him even when they surprise him. We'll talk to Matt Dempsey from Merchant Marine on his battle with um, neck cancer, throat cancer. You'll listen to Hoopsville presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA NABC studios. More Hoopsville after this.
1: Division three allows you to give yourself to other things.
5: Having that free time allows me to pursue the things that I want to pursue.
4: Division three athletics affords students the opportunity to, you know,
5: engage in the other interests in their campus and in their lives outside of that sport. It allows you to
7: just be able to do everything you want to do. I wouldn't change it for the world.
8: I'm a Division three student athlete, and I know how powerful words can be. The term "gay" doesn't mean stupid, lame
6: or less than.
3: So I pledge to speak up if I hear the term gay used in a derogatory way or any other homophobic terms.
6: If you can play, you can play in Division 3 I'm a Division Three student athlete, and my teammates unconditionally accepted me as part of their family. So now I pledge to do the same for others. If you can play, you can play in Division Three.
3: I used to never really talk, ever. I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. It helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless.
2: We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. having that free time
5: allows me to pursue the things that I want to pursue.
4: Division three athletics affords students the opportunity to, you know, engage in the other interests in their
5: campus and in their lives outside of that sport. It allows you to just be able to do everything you want to
4: do. I wouldn't change it for the world.
7: Welcome back to Hoopsville. I'm Cameron Hill, head women's basketball coach at Trinity University, also a member of the Women's Basketball Coaches Association. We hope you enjoy the show. Now back to Dave at WBCA Center Court.
0: Thanks, Coach. Appreciate you taking the time to do that. A nice little feature there from WBCA members around the country. We'll hopefully hear from more of them throughout the season as well. Cameron Hill of course, at Trinity. Appreciate him taking the time. This is the WBCA Center Court segment, an opportunity for us to talk to a coach uh, on the women's basketball side of things who is either doing something special off the court, is involved in something unique off the court, or is going through something that we want to talk about or has something on their team. Whatever the case may be, it's not necessarily about basketball. It's more about them. Got that chance here today. Um, the U.S. Merchant Marine Academy may not know them. They've been in the Landmark Conference for a number of years, now in their second second year in the skyline. Matt Dempsey's been there for a number of years. Certainly he's put together some quality programs with a very difficult s- scenario in the sense of recruiting and all that. What he found out this summer made that all change. He was diagnosed with throat cancer after discovering basically a lump in his neck and he couldn't figure it out. He has barely missed any time coaching. So the WBCA said he might be worth talking to. And when I got done talking to him earlier today, they were right. Fascinating conversation with him. We will get a chance now to hear from him again in the WBCA center court. This is the head coach for Merchant Marine. Now joining us on the city of Salem hotline. It is the head coach of Merchant Marine, part of the WBCA center court. It is Matt Dempsey. Coach, thanks for taking the time on this very wintry, blustery day. No,
9: thanks for having me, Dave. Uh,
0: So let's get, obviously we talked about a little bit in the intro there, but let's talk about this a little bit more. You know, there's enough to do and enough to distract a coach to be a coach. Now let's add in life's challenges, and in your case, uh, tumors that were discovered over the summer. That adds a lot to the plate, does it not?
9: No, it does. This is is quite a setback uh, that I've had personally in my life, uh, and it has affected my coaching a little bit, but uh, luckily I've had some, Solid people around me to get me through it, but um, it was quite a surprise. In over thirty years of coaching, um, to finally have something like this hit me uh, was definitely uh, dramatic.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing. Let's back up a little bit. You know, let's talk about how this all happened. And, you know, a year ago, about this time, I'm sure nothing was on your radar to any degree or or whatnot. And a lot of coaches, you know, not negatively, but they don't necessarily put themselves first. They put everybody else first. How did this all progress to the point where we are now?
9: It actually, um, I actually felt a lump in my neck you know, watching college hoops, um, after our season was over. I was home watching uh, the NCAA tournament in March and, and, uh, felt the lump and, and thought it was a little weird. Went to my doctor and he, he prescribed uh, some medication for like swollen glands, thinking it was some kind of flu bug. So of course, you know, being stubborn like I am, kind of fought it for, for a month or two. And then it never went down, and um, I finally went back to the doctor, and he sent me to the uh, ears, nose, and throat specialist who immediately biopsied it and and recognized uh, that it was cancerous. And, and uh, then we were on our way to thinking about starting treatments in the, in the summertime, and that's where it's where it all started.
0: What was, how, well, I guess what the doctors say, you know, and I don't want to go into the details, but I mean, what what was their prognosis uh, for you in this? And and at what point was the decision made that, yeah, I can keep going with the coaching?
9: Well, it, it, they were very, very supportive, very positive. Um, I have a great team of doctors uh, here in Long Island that looked after me. Uh, they all worked together, which was great. Um, I had to have um, seven straight weeks every day of radiation, which was, was difficult for a drive, you know, over a half hour drive just to have uh, basically 15 minutes of radiation every single day. So that was. That was tough, and then the key, uh, the chemo treatments were once every three weeks or three straight weeks or three straight times, so it was, um, you know, was a few months. Um, so the chemo, again, wasn't that bad. The radiation was a pain, and then now I'm finding that the accumulation of both yeah. um, after the treatments were over were, uh, you know, kind of set me back a little bit, but uh, I still had enough strength to come back. I had a really good supportive team at, at work, too, with our administration fellow coaches and, and uh, support staff, and, and uh, luckily, I'm at a really great place to uh, to fight this disease.
0: Yeah, that's the question: is how much more do you suspect this fight will take you? I assume through the rest of the season. In other words, when do you get your break?
9: <laughs> well, right now, I'm I'm technically on on the men, so okay. you know, I'm still not 100% cleared, cancer free, but I'm pretty close. The doctors are very optimistic. I have another PET scan to uh, to make sure that all the cancer is gone. And then it'll take several months to get back to uh, to 100%. So you know, I lost some weight, lost appetite, a um, lot of a lot of negatives in there. But overall, um, really really happy, obviously to to beat cancer and and to be on the mend and and looking forward to getting stronger each day.
0: Certainly don't want this to come across any other way, but you almost a joke there. Hey, you, you got lost some weight. I as one who's trying to lose weight, there's. There are, there are challenges to that. Sometimes I'd laugh when I'm sick. I'm like, hey, I should just be sick more often. But it's also <laughs> the challenge of it all and, and keeping your stamina up and keeping your wits about you. It, has coaching almost been um, helpful in that sense that, it, that it's kept your focus?
9: Very, very helpful. Yeah, just having the players and, and fellow coaches around me um, rather than sitting home or sitting in a hospital uh, uh, obviously has taken my mind completely off um, I'm still fatigued and, yeah. and get a little run down. But uh, mentally, I'm I'm really strong, and, and, um, and again, I have a great support group. The team has been fabulous with, with that and just getting me through each day. And my assistant coach, Alexis Shields, I, I, you know, I couldn't ask for a better assistant coach in, in the world, and she's been great uh, every step of the way. Uh, and every step of the way with me at the Merch Marine Academy for the last 10 years, by the way.
0: Did it ever cross your mind, you know what, Let's let's take a break. Let's take this year, give your assistant coach a chance to run the program, or did you need this?
9: Um, I needed it, but I also thought about it too. And and people have hinted at me, well, just, just relax. Obviously there's more important things. Take care of your body and, uh, you know, all the usual supportive comments like that. But then I just, I don't know. I'm just kind of a, kind of a worker. I need to be around people. I need to be around the gym and around the girls and the team. And, uh, um, I feel it's really actually helped me get through this a lot better than sitting at home or, or, or not doing what I love to do.
0: Yeah, I can certainly understand that. Is this one of those? Hey, you caught it early. Hey, you know, know your body, see your doctor type stories.
9: Very much, yeah. And along those lines, like I said, I'm kind of stubborn now. I'm, um, you know, anything, anytime I'm going to get sick from now on, I'm going to go to the doctors. Before I used to fight it for weeks <laughs> or months, and and until uh, you know the body kind of heals itself. Uh, as you get up there in age, you know, I'm only 55, but uh, as you get up there in age, um. You know, your body doesn't fight things as, as strong as they do when you're 30 or 40. So uh, um, I've got I've to trust the doctors and trust the, uh, trust in them that they'll, they'll get me through all these little little bumps, and then obviously a big one like this, too.
0: And, and really, this isn't one of those where, you know, anything in your life could have been done differently, and that's not a sh- necessarily a negative. It's just this happens sometimes randomly. How hard was that to deal with?
9: Actually, it was very, very frustrating because um, with throat cancer and, and neck cancer, which I have, they immediately think that I was a smoker and I never smoked a day in my life. So the doctors are looking at me like I had three heads going, yeah, right, <laughs> you, you definitely have smoked. I'm like, no, I've never had. So it's it's so random and fluky that uh, this could happen to anybody and, and different types of cancers obviously pop up in the body for various reasons. And this one, uh, they had no reason behind, you no know, hereditary um, problems. And obviously the and smoking issue is not a problem. So. Um, it it kind of came out of the blue, but we're fighting it, and it's a good fight so far.
0: Um, the team certainly rallied around you. No surprise there; uh, that's almost status quo. But they always, every team finds a different way to honor you, got, uh, honor their coach or someone they know who's battling back. In uh, mid December, the team dedicated a game to you in the sense of trying to get the the word out, for for lack of a mm-hmm. better description, but also uh, to kind of honor you as well. How did that all come about?
9: Um, totally out of the blue for me. To, to, of course, course. honestly, yeah, as far as I, <laughs> I show up at the game, we're ready to play. I mean, where's the team? And then they start warming up in these white shirts, and they, I have no idea what's going on. I'm kind of getting antsy, going, "What is going on here?" And then he, they right, they get closer to me for warmth, It says "for coach" with a heart on it, um, which is pretty special. And um, each of them gave me a hug. Finally, my assistant and our athletic trainer, Melinda. Told me what was going on, and and Joe Guster, our SID, started taking pictures. So it was kind of a just came out of the blue. It was so so nice, so supportive. I obviously had some tears, and it meant a lot to me.
0: And certainly, your daughter even surprised you. This one was definitely being yeah. cooked up behind the scenes.
9: Yeah, behind the scenes, she comes out that uh, mid court, and again, she had instead of for coach, she had for dad. Yeah, uh, I- which was very special and and uh, very touching, and uh, you know. To have my daughter there with, um, again, my girls. The team was uh, was a very special to.
0: And you've hinted at this, but you know, there's efforts in the WBCA, obviously, with raising awareness for cancer. We we've, we've talked about them, the Yao Foundation, and, and many others. It, does this change um, how you've approached those things? Some coaches, it doesn't. Some coaches, it does. That's why I ask it. Did you plan on things in the future? Or is this one of those where it's it's just more personal, and what you guys do on your own is on your own.
9: Actually, it, it's a little bit more of an eye-opener, obviously, when it affects you or someone very close to you and your family. So my father passed away from leukemia, so I, I kind of dealt with it before. And, and uh, our former athletic director went through a battle with uh, pancreatic cancer, so we, we were battling it with her. And um, I've always been supportive of, of this cause, um, even before it hit me, but uh, even now it means a little bit more. But uh, uh, we will continue to, to fight the various, various forms of cancer and, hopefully rid it uh, over time here. It's going gonna, it's gonna to take some time and effort, but it um, seems like a lot of people are behind it, and that's, that's con- it's continuing to grow, which is great.
0: Yeah, well, congratulations on the fight, to be sure. We'll talk more about the uh, WBCA Center Court part of this at the end when we bring up our usual uh, fun fast-fire questions. But I want to kind of pivot to your team here, because despite all of this, Coach, you're off to an 8-2 uh, an and two season, having obviously a, a pretty good run of it, as it were, Uh, getting into conference play here, our first game has been delayed, no surprise due to the weather, but you've got to be pretty thrilled with how this, this season has transpired and you got to be pretty thrilled with how the team has rallied, despite as they would say, the distractions.
9: Yeah, they, they've handled it well. Our kids, um, you know, being military uh, type institution, they, they handle things, handle adversity well, and this was no different. Um, they're a resilient group, and and they've bonded together not just because of me, but because of each other, and and their love for basketball, and, and uh, we continue to get better. And like I said, my assistant Alexa Shields has been doing a terrific job of picking up when I'm not 100. percent She takes over the reins, and, and I'm very very comfortable with that. Um, so overall, it's been it's been great. Starting out 8 and 2 is is awesome, and we're uh, we're hoping to keep building on this uh, success that we're having.
0: Uh, 8-2 and is pretty outstanding. I should have played uh, Sarah Lawrence uh, uh, last night, just uh, Mm -hmm. postponed, obviously, with this weather uh, pending. Um, Mm -hmm. You'll make it up here in a few days. You do have Mount St. Mary's ahead of you. But what we should point out, Coach, is this is the first season. uh, I think it is the first season. uh, Back into the skyline, uh, having been in the second season. You're right. Nope, I'm seeing that. A little misprint on our own website. Um, Second season back in the skyline after years being in the Landmark Conference where, obviously, I got familiar with Merchant Marine. Um, what's it like to, to kind of readjust to a different conference slate, different travel schedule and all that? I, I know it's been a year, but I assume you're still kind of making adjustments.
9: Yeah, we are, and, and we're very happy to be in the skyline. Uh, the landmark was great. It was great for us, uh, you know, academically and, and uh, uh, to compete against such, such great institutions of high-quality basketball. Um, but there's a lot of good schools in the skyline. Also, the travel is, uh, is much less, which is great for our students not being able to miss class um, so it's a, it was a big reason why uh, we moved to the skyline, and it's been uh, it's worked out great. We made the playoffs last season, ended up losing to Sage College, who uh, was the eventual champion of our league last year. Um, and uh, so you know, we, we fought really hard last year and made some good strides in the skyline, and we're hoping to, to keep making progress.
0: Certainly losing to Sage, who has, has been very strong in the skyline, isn't something that, to to shake a stick at any at any way shape or form but what do you how do you see things lining up this season is sage uh, vulnerable as it were to so that you might be able actually, to knock them off or what do you think
9: actually Sage, we, we can knock them off because they're out of our well league that's right, right they, they're they, out they, too they, they moved out so all old these westbury changes and, yeah old westbury mount st mary's farmingdale those have been the teams that have been uh, towards the top of our league this year along with us so uh it kind of shaping up like uh, the four of us will yeah. we'll be battling it out, and hopefully, uh, you know, like I said, we'll make the playoffs, we'll get top six teams, and then we'll uh, we'll see what happens after that.
0: I forgot Sage made the quick pull on uh, jumped mm-hmm. into the Empire Eight. I can't keep up with the changes even when I'm paying attention. Uh, yeah. So sorry about that, but sure, yeah, it certainly makes things a little interesting and opened up a little bit of a. Uh, of the schedule a little bit for yourselves as well. What what's the ultimate goal here? I mean, a lot of teams, you know, hey, we want to win a national championship. We want to make the NCAA tournament. We want to make the Final Four. We want to win a conference tournament. We just want to have a fun season. What's the mm-hmm. ultimate goal for this program?
9: Well, we have raised the bar a little bit. You know, making the playoffs was key for us last year, and now uh, trying to qualify for the national, uh, you know, for the NCAA tournament is, is the next step. So, realistically, to, to say. I'd like to win a national championship and sounds great, but uh, it's a little unrealistic right now with our program because okay. um, <laughs> I have seen the top 10 teams in the country and, and played against some of them over yeah. the years and, and uh, it's a difficult but we've got girls that are willing to fight and improve and get better. and for us to make the NCAs this year would be, would be incredible and that's, that, that's pretty, a pretty good goal for us to set right now. And you know anything extra, um, when they call that gravy or icing on the cake yeah. is, is is great.
0: Coach, you do have five players in double figures. Uh, I think they're most of your starters, uh, one of them coming off the bench. Kayla DiArcy, a, a sophomore leading the way at 14.5 points a game. Tashina Carmen, the senior, at nearly 12 points a game, then 10 points each for Kiana Vega, Shelby Peters, and Taylor Hightower, freshmen and two sophomores respectively. You know, that's not too bad. Now, you aren't deep on your bench necessarily, but at least everybody's contributing that's, that you're putting out there
9: that's that's exactly right. We're not a deep team, but the players that we have that get on the floor are are contributing and, and playing well and bonding well and and um, you know we we don't have a lot of weaknesses, which is nice. We have a little bit of size, a little bit of speed, you know decent shooters and and uh, so it's nice to have a little bit uh, of everything. Uh, we're not overly strong in one area, you know, it's not like we're gonna pressure for forty minutes because we're not deep enough, um, but we're not going to sit back in a zone and just uh, and just take it either. so we're uh, we've got a good good mix of uh, of athletes and players, and and they're very smart. We also have uh, two good seniors, Tatiana Carmen and Gabriel Salazar, have been leading the way. And then it drops off to we have we have a lot of underclassmen, so the future looks bright. Um, even though we're going to lose two, two great kids yeah, Sal- after the season's over.
0: Salazar leading the team at nearly four assists a game. Should also point out Peters and Hightower are averaging double doubles, 10.1 and 10.9 for Peters. Uh, 10-0 and and 10-3 for Hightower in, in points and rebounds, not not shabby either. When you have that kind of ability, and we certainly look forward to seeing how they do the rest of the way. Uh, I I know they're proud of you. I'm sure you're proud of them.
9: Yeah, I really am. And, and uh, to have those those guys put the numbers up is important. because um, a lot of teams, in, you know, zeroing in on Kaylee D'Arcy, who was a uh, an All Conference player last year, and she was actually the Rookie of the Year in in our league in the Skyline. So um, she's been key. Um, and, and she will be, um, you know, a focus for, for opposing teams coming up as we keep progressing through the Skyline Conference.
0: Well, Coach, I appreciate you taking the time, but before we let you go on this WBCA Center Court segment, we got to do the uh, eight or so questions we always ask every coach. So I hope you can uh, have a little fun with us uh, on this. Uh, they're quick-fire. Don't want you to overthink them too much, but uh, at least we get to hear the different answers from different coaches and get a different feel for everybody i'll try my best Dave. No, they're not too complicated i promise you <laughs> uh, i mean i had to make them up so they can't be that okay. complicated uh first off favorite thing about coaching especially in division three we should point out you have previous experience at navy and, and elsewhere but especially what's your favorite thing at d3
9: just the relationships with the players it's just amazing and it, it grows every year and, and uh, i've had i've had a lot of relationships over the years like i said i've been coaching for over 30 so i've met a lot of players and then uh we've got a good group here at the merchant marine academy
0: What's your biggest pet peeve?
9: Um, laziness, I guess, mm-hmm. would be one because we've got some players that are talented, and I've coached a lot of talent over the years. And to see someone not reach their full expectations is is frustrating.
0: Uh, this is kind of a two part question. What's your favorite rule or nuance to the game?
9: Ooh, I like moving the ball, um, you know, under a minute to go at half court. You know, that kind of that sets things up, makes things a little bit more interesting towards the game. So I would say. Um, you know, advancing the ball uh, to midcourt is definitely a rule I'm in favor of, so that that's a good one.
0: And the second part of that would be if there were, if you had the ability, what rule would you either add, remove, or change?
9: Uh, taking the charge, a charge zone, um, you know, the arc area under the basket. I think it's a great rule, but um, I'm not sure if the officials all are on the same page with it. So that one's a little you know it can be a little iffy at times knowing knowing who's sliding over and who's the secondary player taking the charge and where the arc is and and, and so to speak that that's a little uh little suspect
0: sure uh what, do you have any pregame rituals or superstitions um
9: i don't i don't really i used to, as a player had had several um but as a coach i i don't have any um not yet maybe i'll develop one
0: a fun one from the player days
9: uh just you know what what we eat and uh-huh. how you what socks you'd wear and yep. things like that. But nothing, nothing over the top. Just the typical, you know, player player rituals.
0: Uh, you've certainly had your travel days uh, wherever you've coached, especially in the landmark with long hauls to DC. What's the craziest travel experience you had?
9: Oof. Well, Navy, we went to Hawaii. so That was that was. No, that's crazy. nothing just bad about that. The, the, that was great. That's crazy. Unless you were distance, on a C one thirty. But the uh, you know just. We've had a few. I've had vans break down, and, and you had to pile into one van. That, that's that been one. I've oh, had boy. battling snowstorms going to Juniata in the landmark conference. That was that was always a difficult uh, place <laughs> yeah. to play because it was so far, and it was so cold with, with the weather. So those are a couple examples, I guess.
0: Cool. Uh, how would your assistant describe you as a coach? Um, probably
9: meticulous and, and uh, maybe two. Um, need to calm down a little bit and relax, and and, uh, and I definitely have seen my ways there. I've, I've taken not a slower and uh, approach, but uh, um, kind of a sit-back-and-watch-before-I-speak and before I, before I speak approach. Understood. So that's, that's helped me a lot.
0: <laughs> uh, what do you tell a recruit that gets them excited and, and maybe wants them to commit to Merchant Marine, which I realize is far more difficult when it comes to recruiting, but what, what might be the, the one little thing you might say to them that gets them going?
9: Yeah, a couple of them that travel with our, the academy, they get a chance to go, you know, travel the world, uh, during C year, which is, which is great. And they, they all come back and love it, which is, uh, again, a little scary for high school students <laughs> to, to realize. But when they're out there on the ship that, and, and touring around the world, it's, it's really a great experience. And financially, once they leave our school, they, they do really well, uh, financially and it's a hundred percent job placement. So you can't get much better than that.
0: That's perfect. Um, And when you retire, what do you hope, because all all coaches do, what do you hope people remember you as a coach?
9: I just hope they remember me as a winner and as a hard worker um, and someone who just cared about the players and not just about the game, more so about the players.
0: Perfectly said. Coach, I appreciate you taking the time. Good luck as this battle continues, uh, even as you uh, beat it, as it were we have high suspicions, you will. As always we give the coach the final word though Final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning in.
9: Uh, I just want to thank thank everybody for the support. Again, I voted to thank Alexa, my team and the administration, but our staff, um, co-workers, um, my daughter, and, and just uh, everybody that has helped to, uh, to combat any form of cancer. Um, you know I really appreciate your efforts and, and let's uh, continue to fight the battle.
0: Well said, Coach. Congratulations on the season. Good luck on the continued battle. I appreciate you taking the time. We'll talk sometime down the road.
9: Great, Dave. Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely, Matt Dempsey joining us from Merchant Marine. His team eight and two. His battle with cancer going well, from all accounts. We appreciate him taking the time as part of the WBCA Center Court. And of course, I want to thank our partners at the Women's Basketball Coaches Association as well, the WBCA. Every Thursday we will have a center court segment, working on those for the future as well. Uh, we'll also point out as a little bit of a tease for you, it's gotten to become a little bit of a routine. Coming up on the Hoopsville Marathon show, tentatively scheduled for Thursday, February 1, we will have the executive director of the WBCA once again, Daniel Donahoe, will join us here on the show. So thanks to the WBCA as always for their help, and we'll look forward to having more coaches on the show in the near future. Going to take a break. When we come back, we got another women's basketball team to talk to. Jeff Hans from the number 8th ranked Thomas Moore Saints will join us. You'll listen to Hoopsville presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. More Hoopsville right after this. Cheer for the
3: stumbles. The he should have had that. And the tears that linger. For in those moments... Greatness lies. There, you will find the provoked, the determined, the unified. It's in those moments that champions are born. Great moments are born from great opportunity. That's what you have here tonight. That's what you've earned here tonight. This is your time. Now go
7: out there and take it. My name is Marcus Walker. I was All-State, won a state championship, a high school All-American, and played college and pro ball. I played because I love the game. I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center.
5: Something I discovered in myself is that if I have a goal, I can accomplish it.
3: It's a well-rounded experience.
2: At a Division III school, you primarily a student athlete, so the school is really shaped around you developing yourself as a complete individual.
0: It helps a lot that you have a family with your team that can guide you.
3: Cheer for the stumbles. The he should have had that. And the tears that linger. For in those moments, greatness lies. There, you will find the provoked, the determined, the unified. It's in those moments that champions are born.
0: And welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Hope you're enjoying the show. Running a little bit behind, so we're going to get into this real quick. Uh, Still have Skidmore men's basketball coach Joe Burke coming up. On the show, um, one of the things that that I caught my eye this season is how well Thomas More women's basketball is playing. That's not a, a, a to say they aren't playing well. They are a good program. They've been a good program for a long period of time. I think a lot of people just had a lot of questions. What is this program going to be like after Sydney Moss has has graduated last year? Obviously, an unfortunate loss at home against Hope early in the NCAA tournament by their standards ended that season. We forget that Thomas Moore was good before Sidney Moss got there. They're good now. They have one loss in the season. It ended an incredible five-year run of regular season wins, but they lost to a top school in Rochester. They just got past Christopher Newport at a tournament in Honolulu. Thomas Moore is a good program that's going to be in this national conversation at least for some time to come. But I always like to figure out what the coach is thinking. We don't get to talk to Thomas Moore usually at the or the middle of the season. We've we've talked to him at the beginning when they're the preseason number one and an easy choice to make. We talk to him near the end of the season when we know we're going to talk to him. Talk to him at the midpoint. That's where I wanted to hear what was going on. Coming off a dominating win against Westminster, I was curious how Thomas Moore was doing. And earlier today, their head coach joined me on the show to talk about it. Now joining us on the City of Salem hotline is the head coach of the Thomas Moore Saints, Coach Jeff Hans. Coach, thanks for taking the time.
4: Well, thanks for having me on, Dave.
0: Uh, it's been a while since we've talked to you, and admittedly, because I, I gambled last year and, and I lost. But at the same time, you guys uh, lost a little earlier in the NCAA tournament. I'm kind of curious if if a loss like that last year, especially at home in the tournament, is a one that can spur a program into this season. Is that something that is still being used as motivation, or have you moved on so much that you have forgotten about it altogether?
4: I think early on we we were using it as motivation over the spring summer, and you know the players were working working out and doing stuff on their own to um, hopefully make sure that doesn't happen again this year, especially at home. You know we, we we've been so good here at Thomas More and in the Connor Convocation Center, yeah. and and hope and hope beat us they came in here and they did exactly what they needed to and and um you know it was a great game uh, we just could never get over the hump at that point in time but uh you know i think our guys used that and you know we haven't talked much about it as as we've progressed through this season because it's a new year new team new roles uh new seniors new freshmen and you know we want to look forward look out the, the front windshield
0: sure i understand that you guys have always had that kind of forward thinking and i know dwelling in the past is is a little rough. Did the Rochester loss the second game of the season almost help you kind of refocus on this season?
4: Yeah, I think it did because, I mean, it's been so, so long since we lost a, a regular season game. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and these guys and myself and our community just, I mean, we expect to win. And that's how you want it to be. I mean, and not in a cocky way or an arrogant way. It's just you want to have that confidence. And, you know, to go up there and play Calvin first on the opening night and then watch uh, Rochester and Capitol play and then have the opportunity to play at Rochester, who's ranked, um, it's good for us because it sets us up for everything else later on. And, you know, we had a chance to pull it out. Um, But Rochester played a great fourth quarter and and came back and and, and beat us. And, uh, you know, I think we learned and we took some things away from that game that have helped us in our beginning part of our conference and then to also play Pikeville in NAI school. Uh, and beat them on the road and, and then out in Hawaii. Uh,
0: interesting enough, ironic maybe, uh, the team you had last lost to was five years prior almost to the date was Calvin, who you had beaten in the game before. Uh, obviously nobody related to that game was playing, which is kind of an interesting note. Um, the Rochester game also was assigned to me when I looked through the rest of the schedule, and not that you've ever been afraid to challenge anybody. You, you certainly haven't. But this season you definitely looked like you you went out and found some good matchups Uh, out of conference to kind of boost your resume to some degree you played Calvin who traditionally is a pretty darn good team obviously Rochester is nationally ranked Uh, Christopher Newport and we'll talk a little more about that in a minute but Christopher Newport on your schedule as well it looked like you made a conscious effort to some degree and I know scheduling's not that easy but it's to some point it looked like you 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 wanted something a little more out of this season
4: yeah just to try to keep focus and and prepare and you know everything that you play for is for conference for the yeah. in the PAC you want to win a regular season you want to win a, the conference tournament championship and it all set you up for those those situations and then have a chance to compete it for hopefully three weekends in March and make and make a run at an, another semifinals appearance and um, you know so going out and playing those guys and playing them at Rochester neutral site with with Ho- um, Christopher Newport and you know bring to a OAC schools in Heidelberg and Wilmington in here for our, our Julie Costello Classic that's in region games and compared for regional rankings and stuff like that. I, I think that's important. And, uh, you know, it's different styles, too. Yeah. And so we'll, the, our guys are able to see different ways of, of play and different things that can help us prepare.
0: Of course, Christopher Newport game was in Hawaii. I feel horrible for you that you had to make that long trek to sunny and beautiful Hawaii. Uh, to play some basketball before Christmas. Merry Christmas to you guys. Um, but at the same time, you did have Willamette to play. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, a, a team that may not be one we talk about a lot, but certainly comes out of the Northwest Conference and battle tested. And you took on, you know, a top five squad in, in Christopher Newport. That was that was a bit of a, a good learning experience trip in, to some degree.
4: Both those games were really good. I mean, Willamette you know, has, has improved greatly mm-hmm. uh, in, in my short time here and uh, paying attention to the Northwest Conference because of going out there and playing Whitman and, and doing that. I mean, right. they're they're right there with George Fox and, and Whitworth and, and Whitman and those guys. I mean, I think before we went out there, they lost to George Fox by two or three or four or something like that. It was a close game that we used, to you know, for some scouting purposes. And, you know, so that game to start off with out there in Hawaii was – was a good one for us, and and I think down the road it'll help us out as well. Um, and then to have a chance to play Christopher Newport, who is returns everybody back from a great year last year, and and I know Bill real well, and and um, talking to him, and you know just two good teams playing and having that competition is good. And. Yeah, it was, it was unfortunate to be going around in shorts and stuff. I mean, you're in Vegas, so you don't you you can't be complaining a whole lot. Um, yeah, you it know, can you're, be cold in Vegas. <laughs> I, I'm sure it wasn't cold cold in Vegas not for you though. not this
0: year. No, it, it wasn't. It wasn't cold at all. Though I don't get <laughs> to see the outside very much. I t- I joke with people if I went to a Hawaiian tournament, I have a feeling I wouldn't see Hawaii very much. Uh, There's so much work to do, but uh, a nice opportunity for the team. And a lot more Hawaiian trips are popping up on D3 schedule. So it's nice to see, get that opportunity. But really nice that you do get that matchup with Christopher Newport, because I don't want to say this disparagingly. Sometimes these trips could be considered wasted when you don't get a really good opportunity to play some really good competition. This was an awesome opportunity to play a top five team, one that you're battling with and probably will be in conversation with when we start looking at bracketing. Uh, even though we know you're slightly outside 500 miles, this is this is a good matchup and a good, as you said earlier, a regional ranked opponent and an SOS boost for you guys.
4: Yeah, and and that's in some situations you got to play the numbers. Yeah, um, you know with with Division three and and so you look at that part of it and you know again it's a different style. I mean we don't see teams right. Hear that press and get after you in multiple presses like like they do, and yeah. the different things and the size um, that they present. And you know we were we were focused and, and we played well. And you know Christopher Newport, it was their first game out there, so it, it was just a little it's difficult when you go away. I mean, I'm sure you guys see it in Vegas when you when you do the d3hoops.com mm-hmm. Classic. The the uh, first game always a tough one, just yeah. with that adjustment period. So you know we caught them at a good time, and and um, but. With that being said, I thought we played well and we rebounded the basketball. I mean, you know, that's one thing that this these guys do. They, they take care of the basketball, we rebound, and that's what CNU wants to do. They want to turn you over and they want to get a second chance. And we eliminated those opportunities for them, and, and uh, we were able to get a big W.
0: Yeah, we talked earlier in the show about Amherst women struggling a little bit out in Vegas to, against Santa, uh, UC Santa Cruz when things got started. Uh, of course, I think we were all surprised that you beat Christopher Newport E653. I've seen Newport in person this year. Uh, you know, I was shocked by that score. Was it – do you attribute a lot to that just they were a little slow out of the gate? Or did you guys really kind of have their number and maybe proved a little bit to everybody else that you're better than, than many expect you to be?
4: Um, I hope it's the latter. I, I hope that we were able to prove some things that, that um, you know, we're, we're – we're, we belong. I mean, yeah. it's, uh, we're there. It's, we have good senior senior players that have been through a lot of battles and a lot of big games and juniors as well. And, you know, our, our sophomores and our freshmen are are working every day and we're getting better and we're proving that we belong there with with the Amherst and with the Tufts and, and with the CNUs and, and St. Thomas's and Wash U's each and every year.
0: Sure. Well, and that's the interesting uh, comment, and I want to transition off of that. You know, for many years, everyone talked about the fact that this program was good because you had Sydney Moss on it, and there were some of us who said, "Yeah, but they're still good without Sydney Moss. You were good before Sydney Moss, and I think now you're coming out of that umbrella uh, under the shadow to some degree. You still have Abby Owings on this team, which probably has a lot of people frustrated because <laughs> she's mm-hmm. one of the better guards in the country. But you're also Madison Temple, who's a junior scored her 1,000th point uh, uh, just the other day. Um, 17.5 points a game. Abby Owings, as good as she is a distributor, she's scoring 12 points a game. You have a sophomore in Emily Schultz scoring 10 points a game and another senior in Nikki Kiernan scoring 10 points a game. This this has never technically been the Sydney Moss show, and I think nowadays it feels to me like, especially this year, you're starting to be able to show that a little bit more than maybe even last year.
4: Yeah, and that's that's how it's always been built even before I was here with with Brian. Yeah. You know, it it's a team and it's a family and you know one night it may be math and the next night it's going to be Abby and then you know the next night it's going to be our post players inside in different situations with offensive rebounds or running the floor in transition and you know trying to get some defense to create some of the offense and and these guys have really taken the ownership um to heart this year of the team and and being accountable for you know, making sure that that we don't have a a slip, so that when you bet, a, you know, when you bet on us, we we can prove you right this year. Yeah. Um, you know, and that we can talk later on in in, in March, hopefully. But uh, there's a lot of work to be done before that happens. Sure. And you know, we we know that, and you know, I think we're ready for the challenge.
0: Of course, you have seven freshmen who join the squad. You have one in, in Brandon McNutt, who's one of the top scorers on the team. You have another in, in Hayden White, who started every game so far this season. So you, you're getting contributions uh, all the way down to the, to the to the new players. And at the same time, that just shows you how much recruiting has been key for this program.
4: Yeah, our location. I mean, being in Cincinnati, just south of Cincinnati, here in the North Kentucky area, and having good basketball um, across the river over in Cincinnati and here in North Kentucky, and then also being able to hit Lexington or Louisville. Uh, to get some recruits, and you know the guys that can come in here and play right away, and be able to contribute, and whether it's five minutes or whether it's ten minutes, or you know, like an Abby, Abby and Nikki and Madison's case, come in and start right away, and, and Hayden and what what she's doing, and you know, and fulfilling that role, and getting getting players to to buy into that role and how they can make the team better is uh, it's a tough thing to do, and and. Because these guys were all stars for their high school team, and a lot yeah. of coaches will say it's it's hard. But when when it works, it's it's something special.
0: And sometimes uh, players, the smartest players, are the ones who know they can check. They need to check the ego to some degree in the locker room before they walk in the door to some degree. Because yeah, you might have been a star in high school, but that doesn't mean you are a star in college. You need to contribute as a team.
4: Yeah, and that's and that's that's what's fun trying to get everybody to mesh. Um, that's why we we coach is. You know, the experiences, you know, you talk about mm. the Hawaii trip. And, I mean, just to be be together over there for five five or six days and, yeah. you know, go visit Pearl Harbor, um, wow. do a luau. And, you know, our, our, we had a, a team dinner, had some food left over, and our guys took, uh, took some food to the homeless while they were there, wow, um, you know, one night. So just to see our players do those type of things, um, it, it, it helps the educational experience for them. And, and that's why we're here.
0: That's pretty cool. Um, let's talk about the conference before I let you go. Interesting battle at the top right now. Both you and Washington Jefferson, eleven and one overall, five and zero in conference play. You will face them coming up here in a little over a week. Uh, are they a little? They've always been a challenge. They've always been kind of the number two team in the conference. Are they? Um, do you think they're a little bit more of a challenge this season, or is this uh, to lack of a better description? Is this your conference to lose?
4: No, I mean we haven't played them, so yeah. we got to go play them uh, next. Oh, Saturday. but I know
0: you're already scouting them.
4: <laughs> uh, we we have Geneva. We have we have three tough road games, and for us to travel four and a half five hours, you know, and then W and J is the third one of those three between mm-hmm. Saturday, Wednesday, and next Saturday. Um, you know, we can't overlook anybody sure. in, in that part of it, and uh, to have any letdowns. But I think I will, I've i watched them a little bit on film here and there, and and you know they they've got a lot of players back. Um, they're a year older, and you know up there it's it's a tough game. Yeah. You know they they do well, they execute. Uh, Coach Deruba does a, a very good job with their system and you know we're looking looking forward to playing them just like I know they're looking forward uh to playing us.
0: Sure. Of course you'll finish the season with them and that makes me transition to the fact that this is the last season that this uh, the, the university is in the PAC and not to look too far ahead, but I know you got to look at at scheduling and considerations for the following seasons. How tough is next year already shaping up with at least from our point of view no word of a conference?
4: Um, I mean it's difficult but we're working through it just trying to get uh, as many games as we can yeah you know trying to trying to find games here um, but we know we're gonna be on the road a lot sure um, you know and and we'll we'll go and play and do what we need to do um, to try to have a, have a chance to compete.
0: Uh, are you disappointed you're leaving the conference? or Are you excited about the future ahead?
4: Oh, this point, we're leaving. Sure. I mean, it's you know the the competition and, and having a chance to play, um, you know the, those guys, and it's it's a growing conference. It teams are, are, are improving, uh, and um, you know having having that opportunity, you know, because yeah. we are kind of in an unknown stage at this time. And, you know, I know our administration's working hard to figure something out. So, um, you know, we'll hopefully find something that will suit us and, and um, we can have a chance to grow as a college, as an athletic department and as an institution.
0: Well, Coach, appreciate you taking the time to talk. Look forward to what the future holds, not only this season, but down the road uh, for your Saints. Um, and, of course, as you mentioned, got a big game against Geneva coming up this weekend at Waynesburg next week before traveling to J the following weekend as always uh, we give the coach the final word any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning in
4: uh just division three women's basketball off to a great start again i mean we're just turning over into 2018 and conference play and i know you know there's some good great games last night between hope and shrine and oshkosh and whitewater um you know those are four teams that i, I know played each other That nope. um i mean it's <laughs> last night no two good games um you know and what you guys do to cover us and, and help promote those those type of games and, and everything between the, the women's games and the men's games and being there and doing this show it's uh you know something that we appreciate from Thomas Moore and uh, look forward to following everybody throughout the season.
0: Well, thank you, Coach. Uh, appreciate you taking the time as you always do with us. Uh, good luck the rest of the way i hopefully will look forward to talking to you by the end of the season if i don't gamble too much and uh we'll and, uh, good luck seriously good luck and, and enjoy the last season in the pac
4: thanks dave i appreciate it
0: absolutely jeff hans joining us on the city of salem hoopsville hotline again thomas and Moore nationally ranked getting a number one vote 11 and 1 overall and we mentioned their schedule we'll talk more about them down the road Be helpful if I hit the mic every once in a while, somebody you're wondering why I'm talking, not hearing anything. I just forget to hit the little mic button. Uh, once again, thanks to Thomas Moore's uh, head coach for joining us, Jeff Hans. look forward to talking to him down the road. Again, one last season in the PAC then they become an independent from all reports. We aren't aware that they have got a dance partner as it were for a conference. We shall see what the future brings us going to switch gears going to talk men's basketball when we come back we'll head up to New York State Skidmore's men's basketball coach Joe Burke will join us you'll listen to Hoopsville presented by d3hoops.com for the WBCA and ABC studios more Hoops will after this yeah we're heading it overtime by the way
4: I did receive a non-athletic scholarship upon entering uh, school
0: I got the presidential
6: scholarship which was huge for me I think there's more opportunities for academic scholarships in division three
2: I didn't receive academic scholarships. Just being involved on campus, being a leader, all those things
5: combined kind of get me recognized. It's a great experience for me.
7: My name is Marcus Walker. I was All-State, won a state championship, a high school All-American, and played college and pro ball. I played because I love the game. I grind to be the best i sweat because i put in work i'm strong because i believe when i want to bring it before game time i come to the house that college basketball built the cbe no matter your skill take it to another level elevate your game right here at the college basketball experience at sprint center
3: it's on us to stop sexual assault
7: in any way that we can
3: to get a friend home safe to never blame the victim it's on us to stand up to make our
7: community safe for all it's on us it's on us To look out for each other at parties. It's on us. To be more than just a bystander.
3: To step up and say something. It's on us. All of us. To To stop stop sexual assault. assault. Learn how and take
6: the pledge at itsonus.org. We've
2: got more schools than Division I, more fans than Division II, and more upsets than March Madness.
0: Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Hope you're enjoying the show. If you've got questions for us, uh, just a heads up. One more segment with an interview, and then we'll wrap up the show, about about five minutes or so talking. I'll answer some questions. i got one on the email I'll certainly answer. But if you have questions or for us or our guest, uh, our final guest, um, you can email us, hoopsville at d3hoops.com. You can also join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash hoopsville. We're live streaming the show, uh, simulcast of it. You can also tweet us at d3hoopsville, hashtag hoopsville. I think I mentioned that. Email us, hoopsville.com at d3hoops.com. That's how you do it. Little bells and whistles adding to the show. We're trying to have a little more fun with this as well. All right, so let's talk about the East region in men's basketball. I think it's a fascinating region this year. Uh, St. John Fisher, despite maybe not the best start, is probably a scary team, especially if they get the right matchups. They're better than I think people expect. Rochester, I've always said I think is better than people thought after what they lost from last year. Going to be pretty good. I've also been high on Skidmore. Still voting them in my top 25, which if you have missed during this show, I have finally gotten it out and tweeted about it. But Skidmore has also taken two tough losses uh, on either side of the, of the holiday break. The first loss coming um, right before they took the break. Uh, maybe not all that surprising. It was against at then number two Middlebury, certainly a good team. Second loss, three-point loss to Guilford, a team that in the top 25 preseason we all thought pretty highly of. Now not so much. So what's going on? Well, you know how this ends. We always go to the Hoopsville Hotline and joining us is a friend of the program, Joe Burke, head coach of Skidmore. Coach, thanks for taking the time, sir.
6: Hey, thanks for having me, my friend.
0: Appreciate it. Um, All right, so listen, lost to Middlebury. Uh, It doesn't blow me away because I kind of half expected it. I know you guys fought in that one. Tight first half. Second half was a little bit more in Middlebury's favor, but not a bad outcome. This Guilford one, if you had asked me in in, in early November, I would have been fine with it. Now I'm a little sketchy about it. Is this just one of those where we have heard it already on the show and we talked about the Vegas Classic? Coming off the holiday break, just a little bit sluggish?
6: Uh, you know, I think it's a combination of things. I, I mean, you know, first off, we don't make any excuses. You, you, you know, you go down and you play I'm giving play you Gopher. a chance. <laughs> <laughs> you go down and, and, you know, this is part of the reason I do this. If you look at our track record over over the years, we, we go places and play teams on their court. Yeah. Um, I think where we're at as a program now, and we're getting everybody's best shot, and I expected that from Gopher. Look, they're, they got great history in that program. Like you said, they were a preseason top 25 team. That's why we scheduled the game. You know, you go down there off a three week break. Uh, you haven't played a game in a while, and you got to get off an airplane, and you're going into a, a, a tough environment. Uh, so, you know, it, it, you go in there knowing you're in for a battle, and it was a great game. I, I think they're pretty good. Like, I know they've had a couple tough losses, but I think they got some pieces that I'm sure they're going to figure it out in the end. So, uh, am I discouraged that we did not come away with the win? Yes. But at the same point, we got everything I needed out of that trip. We got a lot of great bonding. We had a great trip. We got a chance to practice at UNC and Duke. Uh, we we traveled around a little bit. We got some good practices in. Uh, we faced some adversity. We were down a couple guys on that trip, uh, and the game was back and forth. It was a very very tightly contested game. And and you know sometimes in those games, as I tell the guys, you got to win by twenty to win by two. Uh, I thought we played well enough to win. They made a couple really big shots at the end of the game, and we walked out of there unfortunately with the loss. But uh again i i'm not I'm not discouraged by it at all i you know i uh, would i' love to win the game absolutely, but I think that's a that's a game that if you look at at the end of the season I don't really think that game hurts us
0: well it can only help you i mean sometimes as everyone says it's a results versus regionally ranked opponents uh if Guilford turns things around, they would most likely be regionally ranked. I agree with you, I thought they have part pieces in place as well i their their start to this season is one of the more perplexing things um that I've seen so you know, it's it's interesting. You have certainly some interesting pieces on this team. Uh, maybe I went out on a limb a little more than I needed to, but I basically uh, argued earlier in the season, or at least stated it, that Rupkus was probably one of the better uh, players in the country at a, as at guard. He's more of a kind of a three. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, but you also have other pieces in this team, along with a who's who of of challenging names to say. I feel like I'm having a flashback to the North Park men's soccer program. Um, Granted, from Eastern Europe versus Northern. What is it about this squad that, A, you've been able to have some longevity here? You've kind of brought the program back into the conversation. It's not that long ago we were looking at 8-17, and but since then it's a program that's in the East region. So what is it about that you put in place that has kept the consistency? But what's also about this team that maybe – this year you kind of break through where everybody's expecting you to break through. Does that mean any sense? Yeah, no, I,
6: I, I think, you know, I and no, here's the thing with this group, and I think you've got to take pretty well. We're, we're probably, we've had some really good teams here in the last three years, especially if you look at what we've yeah. done I, and, and we'll talk more about the league, I'm sure, but our league oh, has yeah. been very good. And, you know, we won the outright league title three years in a row. And I think, you know, we probably lost seven or eight games in three years and, and we take a lot of pride in that. There's a lot of pride in that. So, you know, we've built this thing. And, it, and what's happened now, Dave, is I think we're deeper than we've ever been. Uh, we have multiple ways to beat teams. Obviously, with this group in specific, you know, we lost a really good player last year. Alden Medudin was a great yeah. player. He was our, our first All-American in program history. And he was a closer, to be quite honest with you. He was a guy when the game got tight, the ball was in his hands. And he had to make the decision. So that's the the little things we're trying to adjust to. Do we have plenty of good pieces? Yes. But now filling those roles and making those adjustments, um, it's a big part of that. And, you know, a lot of it starts, obviously, with number 10 Ed Rupkis. I mean, and you're not going to get an argument from me. I think the kid's the best player in the country. Uh, If you look at his numbers and what he does for us, I mean, I don't know. He's a guard. And he could play the two. He could play the three. If I needed him to play the one, he would play the one. He can guard all five positions. But, you know, you look at his statistics across the board, David, uh, you know, over 50% shooting as a guard, over 50% from three, 87% from the foul line. And what he's really done individually is he's gotten better sharing the basketball, um, you know, assist we talked about in the offseats for him for taking another step is sharing the ball and getting his other teammates involved. And he's done that. And, you know, the supporting cast is great. I mean, we, look, we added a, a transfer, uh, DP Yuljit. And uh he's a his I know his family so well. His brother was my first recruit to Skidmore, uh and I recruited him coming out and took a division two scholarship and decided to transfer. But uh, you know, between him and, and Jack Byrne, Pat Gallagher, Chase Taw, Jack Morrow, I mean those guys are all mainstays for me. I rely heavily on them and their leadership and, and their ability to contribute every single game. Uh so we really have evolved and then we have we have some good young guys. I mean, our two freshmen are really good. One quite hasn't gotten the floor yet, but you you'll be here in the name Noah Marin for for a while, Dave. He's he's an exceptional freshman. He's a special special athlete, and he makes plays at this level that you just don't see.
0: I know you and I have talked quite a bit uh, off air over the years, especially in the off season, and, and I know you've had an affinity for the last few years of the program, and especially this year's squad uh, and what it brings to the table. And I, and I almost feel like sometimes you raise your expectations pretty high for good reason, and you hope they live up to them. Yep. Is is have It's going to be a tough question for you, but has the team lived up to the expectations the last couple of years, or do you feel like you've fallen just a little bit short?
6: I think, you know, I always – people ask me, well, how do you judge your year? I always judge my year on did we get the most out of this group. And I can honestly say, like, should we have gotten to the Sweet 16? You know, if you look, the last three years, we, we're, we're a possession away in probably each one of those games – from going to the Sweet 16, uh, you know, last year we're up five on Babson with you know four minutes to go, uh, and that game goes right down the wire, and we're on their court, and we had a chance, and uh, you know the, obviously we know what happened there with them winning the national championship the year before. We get the last second shot to win the game uh, against John Hopkins on their floor, um, so uh, you know, and or, uh, two years ago rather, and then the year before that we had Tufts, and and we took them to the wire. It, so I don't want to say we've come short. I think there's a step to be taken, and that's what we've talked about with this group. Is this group capable? I completely think they are because we have depth, and we did not have that in those previous years. We had players. We had talent. We had culture. But now i got more guys that I can rely on, and I think we can beat you a multitude of ways.
0: uh you talk about the guys that were on this squad this year that are, that are contributing is, and you also talk about the guys you lost last year. Has there been yep. any kind of growing pains and adjustments? I mean, we, we, we knew Rupkus was going to be good and, and he was yep. molding into that. There's no surprise there, but how about the other guys having to step into new roles or was that something that was already kind of in the process?
6: Yeah, I think it was already in the process. These guys knew, I mean, look, we, Royce Paris and the Maduna, the two guys we lost were great. they were, ball-heavy guys, uh, and Alden, especially at the end of the game, we knew. So the biggest adjustment for us was when, he, when things are getting tight, All right, how are we going to transition from, from that? Well, Chase Tyle is our point guard, and he's done a terrific job. But we know now, as opposed to Alden maybe making the play for somebody or making the play for him, we're trying to get Ed the ball. Uh, and, and, but Ed is not a guy that makes it off the bounce. Ed is a guy that works really well off the ball. And then makes the play. So those little th- little things like that we transition for. But that being said, I- I'm really confident in the pieces around us that can make big shots. I mean, we got guys that are really stepping up. We're getting really, you know, Pat Gallagher's really developed his game as a sophomore. Uh, I talked about our freshmen, and you know, we we, we just I-, I feel confident, and I and only because of the amount of options we have. Uh, What I'm not ready to say we're complete yet is that everyone understands how to fulfill their role in those situations. And I think this is what's going to be great about league play is we're going to get a lot of grinded-out games and we're going to get a ton of experience like that um, where those close-ending games, you have to make those decisions. And we're going to continue to find out about this group.
0: We're going to throw in an applause there because you did a nice job of segueing for me into league play, and I appreciate that. Taking up RPI and Union this week. Weekend, you'll do the odd split because they're, <laughs> for you, relatively close. RPI yep. will be at home, and then you'll be on the road at Union. Then in the middle of the week. Oh, we got
6: them both. We actually got them both oh. at home. Well, that's a, a misprint
0: to. on our schedule. I apologize. It'll we work. will adjust that accordingly. So RPI and Union at home, and then you've got Vassar, R- uh, Rochester Tech, Hobart, Bard, Ithaca, Union, RPI. Stop me if I've hit a home game. No, nope, um, you haven't. <laughs> that's, that's the trick here coming up. You go yep. through a stretch after this weekend where you will play seven games on the road. Now, you'll finish the season playing five of seven at home. But this stretch coming up is no joke. How do you prepare to handle that on top of the fact we're in the middle of January in New York State? You're running a risk you're not going to play these when they're scheduled.
6: No, it's it's a grind. And you add to that that they're back-to-back nights.
0: Right. Uh, exactly. which our
6: league does, which, which I think people
0: with travel know, between.
6: Yeah, and, and it makes it tough. I think people kind of like when they look at our league, they don't realize the difficulty of that. Uh, you have to have a lot of things going your way. you got to be playing well. you got to be healthy. Uh, how you prepare them? You prepare them by taking them down to Guilford and playing games like that on the road uh and that's what we've always done um you know if you look you know last year we went out to uc santa cruz we went out to wooster the year before that concordia concordia the year before that all that stuff i think helps you dave our league is very good it's very balanced rpi is coming in tomorrow night they're playing as good as they they played in years Uh, they got really good pieces they're they're they're, uh, i believe seven and two at this point with some good quality wins unions coming off an ncaa tournament bid last year so they feel good about themselves, and then, like you said, you go on the road for seven straight, and you got to be battle tested, and you got to be ready to ready to win. And that's why we've taken a lot of pride in what we've done in this league, because it really is competitive. It's been a multi bid league. Uh, we have a ton of players. You add Ithaca in the mix. I mean, Ithaca has a great has great wins. Uh, they're off to a really really hot start. I mean, like I said, RPI is playing really well. Hobart's got some great wins. So our league is tough. And when you, you factor in the travel the friday saturday you got to be ready so that's why i really feel good about our depth and what we can do
0: yeah you talked about the conference rp as you mentioned seven and two along with ithaca you guys are at six and two rit is sitting behind at four and five hobart six and three uh they had a nice start to the season if memory serves uh as well actually they did with the win over st john fisher though uh, the losses to brockport and union certainly had some people shake their heads um all right, so you, you talk about this conference in the battle. Let's talk about the region a little bit at this point. Wait. You and I have had this conversation. I've had this conversation with a number of East Region coaches. The yep. region isn't as deep as it has as, as its glory days, let's call it. It it feels top-heavy. Um, how is it? How do you need to prove yourselves outside of what you need to do in the NCAA tournament? What does this region need to do to prove themselves from the – outsider's point of view that that it is as good or is the reality you're just not as great as other regions and you're going to have to ride the waves of of one or two top teams
6: well, I, I don't buy that we're not as great. I, I I think there are some really, really good teams out there. I think, uh, you know, how are we going to earn that respect? Well, I think a lot of that is based on history, to be honest with sure. you. I think you look in, in, in what Rochester has done historically, St. John Fisher has done, what we have done. Um, you know, you come off uh, – our league, which had three, I mean, we had three bids last year. Dave, that's a big deal. Yeah,
0: that was pretty uh, that's, insane.
6: <laughs> that, that, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. And so, yeah. from a national perspective, that's got to carry some weight. Uh, I think people are starting to understand the grind that you go through. Um, but, you know, I, again, I, if you look at it right now, maybe no one has separated themselves, but I think you can look at it and say maybe there's, you know, there's a good six to eight teams out there that are very talented that if they're clicking at the right time, which is, I think, we're one of them. In February, they can make a deep run. Uh, I, you know, you, you asked me the question before. Do you, do, you, do you think you have a national championship contender team? I do, and the only reason I say that is because I know how close we were the last couple of years, and I know what this group's capable. Will we get there? Well, that all depends on the coaching. You know what I mean? If I, the coach can get them there, we'll be in good shape. But, <laughs> uh, but, the, but honestly, I, I, I just think you know the, the the legal stand on its own. Our legal stand to our region, I really believe, will hold well. I, I think. So we do have some good teams in, in in the region, and I think they're gonna you're gonna find that as the league go, as the, as the year goes along, the, those the numbers those win totals are gonna go up, and then people will maybe look maybe look back and say, okay, you know what, this 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 region's a lot stronger than people think.
0: Well, listen, Rochester got to the to the Elite Eight, knocked on the door, of the Final Four. We're a darn good team last year. Granted, different than last year. We know St. John Fisher had a tremendous season last year, though different than last year. You guys knocked out by Babson in, in in a game that you fought them to the end. No yeah. knock there whatsoever. So certainly I'm not saying the East region isn't good. We, we've had some really good teams at the top, that, you know, but it's not as deep. It doesn't feel right. like it's as deep as some other regions or as it has been in the past. The, the Suniac hasn't lived up to expectations more times than not. Uh, good conference, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Great conference. It just hasn't done what we expect. I guess that's kind of where I'm coming from.
6: Yeah, well, and I'll say this to you too. I- I, I kind of feel that though about some other regions too. Oh, I, I just you're not the a, only
0: one. Absolutely, yeah. Agree.
6: I, I think there's a little more parity, you know, in, the, in the East, and you know, I, I just I don't think I think the landscape has changed a little bit. I think there's yeah. a, there's more good teams yeah. and more teams that are capable now. And uh, you know, I'm not sure I don't get to follow the Midwest as much, but. I just know from the east and and the, the mid atlantic and that these teams are like I look at Guilford like I you know like maybe their record isn't what it should be. But they're talented, man. Would you be surprised if they went on a great run at the end?
3: yeah,
6: I wouldn't, I wouldn't so you, you don't know i think I think there's more parity than ever, yes. in college basketball um and I think that you know so I think they're while well, we'll see some surprise at the end. I do think the cream will rise to the top.
0: What is it about Skidmore you love so much? And I asked this with the premise that I think a lot of people knew that uh, you were you were courted, as it were, by for another job. And I don't know if you, whether you you were asked for it. I don't know whether. Uh you wanted to take it or not. I know you love Skidmore though, because you and I've talked about that. And and there's something about that area and that program that you've loved so much despite your your Navy background, having been an assistant coach there and, and coached elsewhere. What is it about Saratoga Springs? What is it about upstate New York, Skidmore, that, that has worked so well for you?
6: Well, I think a number of things. I think when I took the job, David it fit academically, you know, having been at Navy, had a bit at Cornell, yeah. recruiting that kind of student athlete. That was the first thing. The second thing was it was up and coming. Like We weren't where we are now, but things were making progress, and, and not only athletically but academically. Mm-hmm. I think the profile of the school is, has risen every year. I mean, our the business department is one of the best in the country. Uh, so things are really moving. Po- and then, again, you talk about this town. Dave, this, this, I mean, I, I know a lot of our fo- your followers have probably been to Saratoga. Hard to beat this as a college town. <laughs> I mean, it's a tremendous place. Uh you know for the kids to come the families love it the campus is beautiful it's a safe environment uh, and there's so much to do so you know and for me uh my family loves it you know we found this place home and and my kids love the area uh and and i just love the community and the culture and, and we've been able to build something special today with the community which which i you know you never know the future and but i i do love it here and and I you know, I love the school and I love the, the the student body and I love the administration, but what we've established with the Saratoga community has been off the charts. Like we'll have a great crowd tomorrow night. We have no students here. We will have a great crowd for the RBI game, just because this community has kind of embraced us and, and rallied around us. So um, you know, and that's a big part of why we've had success. The kids, you know, recruits come here, they come to the games, they see the environment. There's not a game that's not crowded, the environment, you know, the, it's just, there's a passion about the basketball that's been created. And, and that's how, and I, and I take a lot of pride in it.
0: Well, you certainly show it. And I appreciate you taking the time to talk about your squad and, and tell us a little bit more. Hopefully we'll be talking about the thoroughbreds, uh, later in the season and we'll get you back on the show to talk about the, uh, all name team. I swear, it's like a, 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 You need to have four or five names. It's going to give everybody a heart attack while trying to say them. Um, I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, as always, we give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those tuning in?
6: Well, I think number one, I uh, I think you know we and we touched briefly on this. It's exciting. I know. I hope we're part of the conversation in the NCAA tournament. But I think this year, maybe more than ever. Uh, it's it's open to a lot of teams. There's yeah. a lot of teams that can win this thing. So this is going to be really fun down the stretch, not only in our league and the Liberty League, which I think there's a lot of parity as well, but from a national standpoint, I think it's great. And, uh, you know, I, I just want to thank you and your staff, Dave. I, I mean, I, I, know, I know how much you got on your plate individually and, and the time you dedicate to this and what you've done to help elevate Division Three basketball. You know, I was a Division Three player. Division Three basketball isn't what it was when I played and it's not only because it's got better players but it's got better coverage and a big part of that is what you guys have done to elevate the status of this game. Uh and I thank you for that because it makes you know it makes my job easier because kids now going and playing division 3 is not you know a slate on anybody. You know I, and I'll go back to Rupp real quick. That kid had three division 1 offers. He wanted to come to Skidmore and a big part of that is how division 3 basketball has really really Risen to risen, and uh, and a big part of that is because what you guys do and the amount of time you personally put into that, and I appreciate that.
0: Well, thanks, Coach. Kind words, I really do appreciate. Uh, hopefully, we'll see each other in the near future. I know we'll talk, and uh, good luck the rest of the way, and enjoy the ride.
6: Sounds good, brother. Thanks All right, so much. Take
0: care of Joe Burke joining us from Skidmore, uh, top twenty-five team on my ballot. Uh, I had them slipped a little bit down to twenty-three. You can see my ballot. I finally posted it on D Three Blogs um i tweeted it out as well uh you can find it there uh, good program gonna be a pretty good team to watch um east region's fascinating it's fascinating I- i'm gonna be interested to see how it plays out this season to be sure i'm not gonna take a break gonna go right into the finale of this show um we got one question i want to answer uh this comes from uh jake um who said a great job from vegas i hung with you pat and ira for 14 of the 15 games and he did folks he really did. We saw him on the chat boards. Um, he says, "I have a quick question for you. Last last night in Lancaster, the Lancaster Bible College women's team took seventeenth-ranked Juniata down on the wire before losing by five, and the LBC men took the twenty-third-ranked Juniata squad to the buzzer and lost by three. Are the Juniata squads that good from a ranking standpoint, or are or and are both LBC teams pretty solid this year?" He goes on to say, "I know the NEC gets very little love." But they have played teams like Juniata, Susquehanna, and f very tough over the last three, four years, uh, including wins, winning a few games in their undefeated season a couple of years ago. So he's conflating a little bit there, the NAC and the LBC. Listen, here's what I'll take: I don't know truly how good Juniata is. On the men's point of view, I'm not voting for him because their win-loss percentage is in the low 30% range, meaning that their win-loss, their opponents' win-loss percentages. Is pretty dismal. Now they're they're hitting a bad year where Scranton and Catholic are off. Uh, They're not having great years. Does Juniata beat them in a normal year? I don't know. And I say that meaning if they beat them when Juniata or when Scranton if for a normal Scranton Catholic squad a last year or the year before, then Juniata's a darn good team. If they're beating them because those two teams are off, then Juniata's its usual. Let's call it average self, and that's not a knock on Juniata, because I just don't know. That's the men. I think on the women's side, they're they're showing some signs that they're darn good, but if you look at the men for Juniata, I think it's to some degree, at least for me, confusing. They don't have a lot of wins against opponents with winning records. Their wins, uh, you know, look, for example, they beat Lagrange. Uh, by 11 to start the season, Lagrange is 5 and 6. Usually, maybe a little bit better. They beat W and J. They're 1 and 11, not the best of seasons. We mentioned Scranton. 70-44 was a the victory there. Scranton's 4 and 8 this season. Um, Carnegie Mellon's okay. They got a win over them. They're 4 and 7 though. Randolph-Macon. Now that's a win for Juniata that I'm at least looking at. Randolph-Macon is 9 and 3 this season, having a pretty good year. So that's one on Juniata's men's side that I go okay, interesting. And then they've got the win over Lancaster Bible. Lancaster Bible this season, 8-4. and four. So, you know, it's hard to gauge. Now, they play Catholic coming up this Saturday. That'll help us a little bit. Catholic seems to be at least a little bit better than they were to start the season. But Catholic, do not kid yourselves, is not the same team, at least from what we're seeing as we've seen in the past. They're 6-6. Six six. Uh, they lost their last game the Widener after being on a four-game winning streak against Gallaudet, Gettysburg, Vassar, and Ursinus. Uh, they had lost four out of five The Sales, Drew, uh Stevens and uh Maryland granted the Maryland game doesn't well it actually counts for for Catholic this season. So, hard to gauge what Juniata's men are really like on the women's side of things and I'm going to get to the other answer to this. They are 12 and 0. And and again, the men are undefeated too, don't get me wrong, the the men are 12 and 0 as well. The women are 12 and 0. The one over Dickinson, not bad. Changing coaches there at Dickinson, I'm not sure how much that's affecting things. Randolph Macon's an okay win. Um, the win over Scranton looks darn good. The Scranton women have rebounded from that. That's their only loss of the season, 11-1 So that kind of gives you a better idea of the Juniata women's program. They beat Delaware Valley. That's not bad. So I think on the women's side, we know a little bit stronger that they're a solid program and, and they're having a really good season. The men's side, I think, is just too many questions. Juniata until today had never been ranked in the top twenty-five in the men's basketball. So I think a lot of questions for the, Juniata. I'm not voting for Juniata on the men's side because of that win-loss percentage that has me concerned. It doesn't mean when I see them in a week that I don't change my mind. I will see them play Goucher on next Wednesday. and may very well change my mind on what I think of Juniata. Hint, hint, we may have them on the show tomorrow, uh, a week from tonight as a result of that as well. So, listen, let's watch what happens in the next week or two to truly understand Juniata backing into Lebanon to Lancaster Bible. We know Lancaster Bible has had some good teams. The problem is they do play in the NEAC, and nothing against the NEAC, but I've said it in the past. It is not one of the better conferences in Division three. The bottom and middle have not been good. The top has always proven itself. Morrisville State has proven itself two years in a row, got to the second weekend of the NCAA tournament. Lancaster Bible certainly represented itself well in its undefeated season before losing in the second round of the NCAA tournament down at Catholic against Worcester. The top of the NEAC always seems to rise to the challenge. It's everybody else who doesn't. And the drop-offs are pretty significant. And it makes it hard to truly understand how good an NEAC team could or could not be. The bottom's not good. The middle's average at best. The top is usually what shows, but they have to go through a lot to prove it um lancaster bible might be back in the conversation on the men's and women's side they've had good teams in the past they kind of ebb and flow hard to say i will also say looking at things from a one game perspective is impossible and it makes it for top 25 voters very difficult to say hey so-and-so beat so-and-so okay but there's a lot of other games i need to figure that out you you could have a bad shooting night you could have a bad result in one case in point Whitman beat Ohio Wesleyan at the, uh, the D3Hoops.com Classic in the finale of the event. Awesome game to every nth of the degree. Terrific Division Three basketball game. Whitman wins in part because Ohio Wesleyan got cold in the second half, especially from deep. It's not the only reason Whitman won, but I can't go and extrapolate more from that than that. It was two teams at that moment in that arena at that time playing a game in which the first half Ohio Wesleyan kept up its hot shooting ways and seemingly couldn't miss, and in the second half went cold. You could argue Whitman could have still won it by coming back. Despite that, you could very much argue they couldn't have won that game if Ohio Wesleyan had kept shooting like that. But I can't then extrapolate that and, and look at the whole season and say, Ohio Wesleyan or Whitman goes and let's say Ohio Wesleyan beats uh, Wittenberg, then Wittenberg would automatically lose to Whitman. I can't say that Whitworth, let's say they knock off Whitman this season for so you know in splits this year, that Whitworth would automatically beat Ohio Wesleyan. That's where things get a little trickier. So looking at at one point of saying Lancaster Bible is equal to Juniata in men's and women's basketball because of that one result is tough to say. That's where you kind of say what happens is if they play 10 times, how many wins would they get? I think in this case, at least on the women's side, I think Juniata wins 7 or 8 out of those 10. Maybe even more than that. On the men's side, I don't know right now. My instinct says 50-50. Maybe Juniata, six of those, seven of those, depending on how good Lancaster Bible is. But that's where things get a little bit trickier. By the way, Vegas Classic, awesome. One of the best D3Hoops.com classics we've had. It worked out. We had some wonderful matchups. Yes, Ramapo went 0-2. But against you know Central was even a pretty good team. We didn't have a dud of a game. Yes, we had one game uh, which wasn't as close as we'd hoped, but it, we didn't have any duds um steven's point though i don't think is going to be battling for the top of the wyak despite the fact they went and upended was it river falls uh last night um still proved that they are darn good defense i just don't think they've got the firepower to play 40 minutes um you've got an ohio wesleyan team that just ran out of gas they're dangerous in the ncac Uh, axelrod once again proved to me that he's one of the best players in division three this year uh it's going to be hard to argue otherwise Tim Howell is pretty darn good for Whitman, uh, but Whitman is a program's good. I was more impressed with Butler. I was more impressed with um, Stewart. I was more impressed with other guys on that squad than I was with Howell. It's not a knock on Howell. Howell's bar is already pretty darn high. The scary part about Whitman is, except for Howell, everybody comes back next year, including two guys who are out with injuries right now. They reportedly will come back next year. Um, Ramapo, yeah, struggled, but maybe they'll learn from that. On the women's side, Amherst trying not the best scoring game in the world. 24 points in the first half for trying, 12 points total in the second half. Shows you how good that Amherst defense is. But Amherst also couldn't score a ton because they struggled against that trying defense. Uh, we really had a great event. And if anybody's interested, I saw the initial list, those who've committed, those who are interested in next year. Let us know. We will get you in touch with Sport Tours and get you out to Vegas. It is an outstanding event that keeps getting better. More and more teams want to challenge themselves, and I'm thrilled at what we had this past year. I want to thank Ira Thor for coming out and helping Pat and I put that all together. I didn't end up doing any interviews. Um, That's not the end of the world. You all hear me a lot on the air uh, with this show doing interviews, so it keeps things fresh in case I ever have to go back and interview somebody. Um, at the same time, uh, Pat and Ira had figured it out while I was doing a lot of the production side. We kind of escalated or stepped up our game on the production side just a little bit, and then we wanted to focus on that. Um, I will say we talked to nearly every head coach or a student athlete from every team. Uh, we missed out on Wartburg, and that was simply because uh, we, we just had our blinders on. They slipped past us. Uh, it was too bad. I would have loved to talk to Coach Payth to follow up on our conversation earlier. Did not talk to Stevens point. Um, I will leave it at an um, unfortunate situation where uh, we thought we had it uh, dotted, eyes dotted, T's crossed to make sure we could talk to either Coach Semling and or a student athlete. It didn't work out. Declined to have that interview. So be it. We will move on. Uh, for those of you wondering about the investigation, it continues. The NCAA and, and Stevens Point continue to talk. Who knows when this is going to be wrapped up. Honestly, don't plan on talking about it much more until we finally get a result from things. It it is, at this point, talking into uh, an empty closet. There's nothing to talk about. We have nothing to find, and there's nobody really listening outside of yourselves, and I got nothing new for you. Uh, But Stephen's point, I thought, at least played pretty well while out there. Hats off to the student-athletes, to be sure, and hats off to all the student-athletes out there. Finished a crazy month for me, D3 Cronacorpion month, as I called it. Uh, Started with soccer, obviously basketball throughout the season, uh, with the Stag Bowl in the middle, or throughout the month, the Stag Bowl in the middle, and then finishing with the D3Hoops.com Classic. Of those three events, uh, I saw 29 teams representing 27 institutions. Chicago and Wartburg were the only repeats. Chicago on the men's and women's soccer side. Wartburg with the Gallardi and then showing up, uh, or not showing up, but being in Vegas for the D3Hoops.com Classic. Otherwise, everybody was their own entity. Wonderful event, uh, wonderful month. Exhausted, though, to be honest with you, but I had a lot of fun doing it and uh, look forward to the future uh, as well. And we hope you enjoyed the broadcast as well, and we hope to find ways to do them even better. Uh, double-check to make sure that I haven't seen any other questions. Um, let's see here. Uh, Thank you, Jake. Appreciate the kind words from you. I'm making sure I know there were some questions rolling around sometimes uh, on the uh, streams, but I don't see any, so we'll leave it at that. Uh, My top 25 from this week on the men's side is out. You can go read it. It's a little different this week. I didn't go into any capsules on each team because there's just going to be too much to do. Uh, A lot of thoughts, to be honest with you, coming out of things. You know, I saw a tweet earlier. It was actually from yesterday, but it got retweeted during the show that made me chuckle. And this is going to be reasons why top 25 voters want to kill themselves sometimes. Um, where is it? Darn it all to heck! Uh, just give me a, Here it is. So our good friend Bob Quillman tweeted this yesterday. So WashU blows out Illinois Wesleyan at Illinois Wesleyan. Augustana blows out WashU at WashU, and I and Illinois Wesleyan blows out Augustana. Yeah, it's that kind of season, folks. <laughs> so I'm voting for Augustana number two. I did not move them per their loss to Illinois Wesleyan because everybody else freaking lost. Uh, I don't know where else to move them. I, I can't move them down and replace them with anybody. Uh, I didn't move Wash U despite their loss to Augustana. And I haven't voted for Illinois Wesleyan yet because there's some other factors in there. Like they lost to Emory. Or oh, wait. No, Emory beat. They beat Emory. I apologize. They beat Emory. But they have other results in there. But I kid you not, if you look at my blog, you'll see just some of the snippets of the teams I'm not voting for. But, for example, uh, I didn't move Whitman, Augustana, Middlebury, Oshkosh, or WashU. That's my top five. I moved Ohio Wesleyan up to six after the results in Vegas, despite the loss. I think they're a darn dangerous team. I have New Jersey 10th. New Jersey City's 10th. They're not going to stay there. They lost to Montclair State. Williams, I have ninth. I'm nervous about Williams. I don't know if they're going to find an answer for Skadlove, who they've lost for the season. Um, I had York up to 16 Nichols at 17. I brought Wittenberg finally onto the poll at 19. Um, and then I put Albright 24 and Hamilton 25, but at any point in time, as we get into conference play now, anything can happen and losses could abound uh, a plenty. I'm not voting for Nebraska Wesley I wanted to see them get into the IAC competition. They lost by big time. to are Vista. Um, I want to see how these teams do in a more conference play. Coach Burke talked about the parity. The parity is for real. It is very good for basketball. It's challenging when you're trying to figure out the best 25 teams in the country when you could argue the best 25 are really 50, and then nobody's great. They're all good. I do think Whitman's going to lose this season, plain and simple. I'm voting them number one, but I think they're going to lose. Not because they're not good enough, but because someone's going to figure them out and because there's a lot of good talent. I think the Northwest Conference this year is going to be much better than people realize. Whitworth is at least de- – we know Whitworth's good. They're decent. But, you know, George Fox and, and, and Puget Sound are in the conversation. Even Willamette could maybe knock off somebody. The Northwest Conference is fascinating this season. I have a lot of NESCAC teams. I'm nervous about that. Does that really mean the NESCAC's good? I, I almost think maybe the NESCAC isn't as good as I think, but I've got to vote for teams. And those teams are the ones who are standing out right now. Now, granted, i got to realize that a lot of them kind of win against teams of, of subpar conferences. That's why I get a little bit nervous, and maybe I'm over, overreacting on the NESCAC a little bit. I'll freely admit that. Um, so it's, it's going to be an interesting season. The next few weeks are going to be really telling. Look for more upsets. Look for more Black Wednesdays like we had last night uh, in the top 25 and see where it goes. I, I'm going to be fascinated with how this turns out. Uh, The rest of the way. And with that, we're going to wrap up the show. We're well into overtime. We got to get going. Don't forget, we'll be back on the air Sunday night, seven o'clock Eastern time, where we will primarily cover the Northeast, the Atlantic, the South and the Central regions, along with the NABC coaches corner will return as well. Similar to the WBCA center court. We'll talk to an NABC coach. I have an idea of who it is. We've got to get back to them and see if that's the topic du jour or not. And we have some other ideas down the road as well. So looking forward to bringing that into the conversation. And if you have questions or you have guest ideas or you have segment ideas, whatever the case may be, email us, uh, uh, hoopsville at d3hoops.com. And, of course, you can tweet us at d3hoops or hashtag hoopsville. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash hoopsville. However the case may be, get in touch with us. We will do our best to answer your questions should you have one or respond to an idea as well. That should do it. Thank you for tuning in. I want to thank our guests, especially Occidentals Brian Newell, Lycoming's uh, Guy Rancourt, Merchant Marines Matt Dempsey, Thomas Moores Jeff Hans, and Skidmore's Joe Burke. Also, thank to their sports information directors for their assistance as well. I want to thank the WBCA for their help with the Center Court segment, and, of course, the NABC for their support, along with D3Hoops.com as well. We'll sign off. Big back Sunday night, 7 o'clock Eastern time. We will not go two and a half hours. I promise you we're going to do a better job at sticking to to, uh, just the two-hour window that we have usually available. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Hope you enjoyed the show. You've been listening to Hoops Hope, presented by D3Hoops.com, from the WBCA NABC ABC Studios. Thanks to their uh, partnership as well. And remember, if you want to use any of this content for whatever purpose, you better get in touch with me because we own the rights or something along those lines. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you back here on Sunday night.